This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat and advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. It is time for the playoffs, and we are here. It is the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. And right now, because it's the playoffs, there's only one way to get to this, and that's with a full roster. Full heart, clear eyes, can't lose. I'm with my brother. We're welcoming him, welcoming him back from the IR. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. The, the, the guy that I admitted in the home league chat that I don't like disagreeing with. That's how you know it's real. Uh, Michael Petrop. What's good, Mike? Hey, I'm back, baby. <laughs> can't hold me down for too long. And you know <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, the fantasy encyclopedia, the... The Greg Dorch up north. No, that doesn't. That doesn't. No. I, I, <laughs> Sometimes you try too hard. Yeah, to man. So, no. You know what it is? No, I, I want to go. Your intro. I want to go really like. I want to go really hard, but like sometimes it's just like I gotta think. I should just think about this beforehand and not just try to freestyle it. Either way, the fantasy encyclopedia stuck, and it's Matt Ward. What's good, bro? It's always good, man. You need to watch a couple Lush One intros. Uh, he'll he'll get you. He'll Lush get you One. On Lush that. One. Um. All right. Look, not to not to not banter with you guys. You know I love the banter. But right now there's there's a different feeling in the air when it's the playoffs. It's the different it's a different vibe you get. It's just there there's just a uh the surrounding area around you, the molecules in the air, they just work a little differently. I'm not even going to plug the app or the Patreon right now, although shout out to the patrons. We appreciate you and we're going to answer your questions at the end of the episode. Um we're just going to go right into this news. What do you say, boys? A little bit of Donnie H on a Thursday right off the busy, busy bat. I know Michael's, like, so happy that this is how oh, yeah. the first episode is happening. All right, let's get some Donnie H. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Oh, yes, Donnie H. You know, Matt can't hear Donnie H, and I... Yeah, I can. Oh, you can? You can hear Donnie H? A little bit sometimes. Oh, maybe yeah, it just because I just blast that shit in my earphones. I'm just yeah, I'm trying I just, to, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just, I just heard Donnie H very well. Oh, really? Yeah, man. I'm just trying. I'm yeah. just trying to live in Donnie H. That's what it is. I'm trying to live. Yeah, I'm not a, vicariously I'm through not, Donnie H. 
with Tim recording today because I was sick last week. I felt yeah. perfectly fine for like three days now, but Tim still thinks I have cooties. So, bro, he's I'm waiting. not about to go to your sick ass house with all the germs everywhere. Like, no, keep that shit to yourself. It hasn't been a sick house for like three days. Well, three days too many. All right. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that means. Three days too little. Three days too little. I'll give it like uh, I'm going to your house uh, on on uh, on Saturday. Saturday. We're having, uh, having a nice uh, white elephant. Right. White elephant uh, Christmas sweater party. It's going to be yep. very nice. My, I, I predict that my gift is going to be the most, uh, the best gift, the most sought after gift of the white ele- elephant. That's what I'm we'll that's see. What I'm white elephants are terrible. No, I love them. So angry and mean. I, yo, One time somebody took my whiskey and I was like, God damn it. I don't want anything else, <laughs> bro. One time I got to tell the story. And now that we're telling, telling us, I got to tell the story. I was at a white elephant party once. It was my first ever one. And there was this bottle of Grey Goose, this giant bottle of Grey Goose. And I was like 19 years old, bro. This is like gold to a 19-year-old kid. Gold. This is what happened to me. And I got it. I won. I won white elephant. I was the last person and I stole it. And I was sleeping over my, my boy's aunt's house who was having the party that night. And I wake up the next morning, bro, and someone swiped it from my book bag, bro. Someone stole it That'll after happen. the white elephant was over. Grown men. So you weren't the last one to go. Right? (laughs) Like, yo, what is this? What is this? Anyway. All right. Let's get into the let's get into the news. Um, some good news. If you are uh doing some white elephant for your quarterbacks, uh Tyler Huntley will be a guy that you'd like to keep uh if you are streaming this week. And that's because John Harbaugh Harbaugh said that he has cleared uh concussion protocol. I think he's a he's a decent play here. Um, how are you guys feeling about Tyler Huntley? I mean, Tyler Huntley yeah. is uh, not—he's not an ideal streamer. Um, but if you can't get someone like Mike White, for instance, like I think Mike White is like the premier streamer. We'll be talking about him later on. But if you're streaming Tyler Huntley, it's because of the rushing appeal. That's about it. Like yep. Tyler Huntley is like the Lamar Jackson light, and you kind of just need him to be that if you're going to stream him. Uh, Dallas Goddard also. Things are trending in the right direction, according to him, to play against the Bears. Um, his practice window was activated yesterday. He did practice yesterday. Uh, if Dallas Goddard plays, Matt, is this a guy that you're putting right back in your lineup, or is this a guy you're hesitating on? A, a little hesitant, um, for sure. But also the landscape of the tight ends, it's, it's you know a term that we use all the time or whatever. It's, it's just terrible. So you can almost start any tight end and just hope and pray. And obviously he's one of the more talented ones in the league. So yeah. uh, I'm just starting him if he's back. Yeah. Uh, Tristan Warsh. Yeah. Now he's not a guy you could roster, but he's a tackle, the left tackle for the Buccaneers, which is really important because the Bucks are what paying the points per pancake lead. <laughs> that would be actually cool. Like if you could somehow fire, I mean, all 22 line. does it. There's an all 22. Is there something I don't know yeah. about? Get out of here. Yeah, all year. Yeah, it just started this year. So, like, there's all 22, basically, every single position you would, and it's PFF grades or how you score your fantasy points. Well, uh, that, okay. Eh. All right. uh, Let's get into, uh, but Tristan Warps, the reason why it's interesting that he's playing is because the Bengals are also probably going to miss Trey Hendrickson in this game. Uh, So, that goes from, a, a matchup that if you add one add one piece to one side and de- deduct the other piece from the other side, all of a sudden the matchup looks a little more even than it did before. Uh, so something to look out for and something that I'll be mentioning uh, later in the episode. Tease, tease, 
Tease, tease. Uh, Brandon Cooks got a limited practice on Thursday. Uh, he's getting in a limited session. If Brandon Cooks plays, does this move you off of Chris Moore totally and, and other guys of that nature, Mike? Yeah. I mean, if if Cooks and Collins are out, I'm not really going to trust any of the uh, the Texans' options. Even if Cooks... Um, excuse me. If Cooks and Collins are out, then Moore, I think, is an interesting flex play. But if they return, then I wouldn't really be interested in anybody. All right. I mean, that's yeah, that's a fair assessment. Um, Christian McCaffrey was removed from the injury report. I just want to just want to like make that it's a lovely thing. It's a lovely thing. Also, Mike Williams practicing in full. Also a very lovely thing. Here's something that's not lovely. T Higgins. T Higgins has has now come and like shafted your team twice with this stuff. Uh, Hamstring. He's limited on Wednesday. No, I mean, okay. T Higgins shares have, you know, like T Higgins. Is, you know, I mean, he's a guy. I'm talking about T Higgins, like the share of him. That I mean, we I, have it's in this just game. Zach Taylor straight up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can yeah, actually blame sure. somebody here. Yeah, well, Zach Taylor and and his cause of this. But anyway, how what what's your confidence like? This Matt, you're the you're. I know. Uh, have attached your name to this right guy. Away. Yes. <laughs> so why don't you tell us like what's your thoughts on playing him this week? I mean, I want to see him cleared in full full practice. And every single time he's on an injury report, that is going to legitimately be a must-checked box for me if I'm going to start T. Higgins because it's twice this season now uh, with Zach Taylor completely removing him from the injury report before the game. Like, he didn't come in questionable. It was T. Higgins is healthy and is going to play and then one snap both times um, and then completely removed from the field and benched for the rest of the game thereafter. I need to see T. Higgins one for sure and ideally two full cleared practices um, before I actually feel super comfortable starting him in my lineups with what we've seen with the Bengals and how they deal with injuries. Rondell Moore on the IR. That's the end of his fantasy season. Uh, don't forget about Rondell Moore. Way to hit Moore. me twice in a row. Bro. I mean, I will say this, though. We'll end it on a positive note. Going into next season, Rondell Moore is going to be a steal where he's going to be going at ADP. Wherever he's going, he's going to be a steal. I hate I hate you so much right now. Like why? You literally have no idea if his ADP is wide receiver twenty, he's gonna be a steal. No, Bro. you don't fucking know what his it ADP might not, is. Yeah, exactly. Be, so shut up. <laughs> yeah, Bro, his his ADP because he missed so much time, no one's gonna want to draft him. I already know. I know I know how this works. I've been in the game, bro. You know how this works. He's not gonna be wide receiver twenty, he's gonna be wide receiver fifty four. Like you know that. No one's gonna no one's gonna remember this. And there's two other guys on the team that are are alphas and these they're gonna have a question mark at quarterback. Come on now, use your brain. All right, Hayden Hurst. Uh, Coach Zach Taylor said that he is doubtful for Week 15. Hayden Hurst, the the promise of what he could have been, had had like things worked out. That just never came to fruition with Hayden Hurst. I mean, what he was a 26 or 25 year old rookie first round pick. Like, no, I'm talking about was... this. I'm talking about now with with like with the opportunity he had with T Higgins down. You know, yeah. That I mean, just never without came to Jamar. Without Jamar Chase, he didn't do squat either. So. Right, exactly. No, he he started out strong, uh, and then just completely tilted off. Even when guys were injured, yeah. yeah. Jacoby Myers still not practicing on Wednesday. Ah, Concussion. Brutal. Yeah, uh, unfortunate. As he wasn't. As, are you not, sure? I thought he was limited. Nope, did not practice Wednesday. All right, let me check. But go on. Go did, next what are you What are you vetting? My uh, I'm reading it straight from Roto World. But thank you for reminding me to tell the people where I'm reading this from. Uh, Kenny Pickett also concussion. I don't, I don't think Kenny Pickett plays again this this year. If you ask me. Oh, he was limited on Wednesday and then was a 
DNP on Thursday. That's odd. Yeah. Well, that's, that's not, not that's not good. good. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's good. Not good in concussion protocol. <laughs> no, that's going backwards. Uh, also, Ramondre Stevenson was not seen at practice on Wednesday. Also, not good. Not good. Yeah. Um, Mason Rudolph told reporters that he split reps with Mitch Trubisky. I He's mean, lying. I, I, <laughs> 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 I wasn't ready for. I mean, that. straight up, bro. Um, no, Mitch is the starter if Kenny I can't mean, go one hundred percent. We're in we're in Rudolph time, right? Like Christmas is in ten days, so if, if any time he's gonna start uh, trying to get his name <laughs> get his name out there, it's right now. Yeah, I um, mean, if you want to sell some tickets just for a hype game, yeah, it's possible. Michael came back rusty. Michael came back rusty. Shut up, Tim. I thought that Rondell was Rondell Moore is gonna be a steal no matter what. Two of 2022's most whoa, frustrating whoa, 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 team, whoa. the Patriots and Raiders, square off and. Sorry about that. Yeah, that was rusty on Man, my you part. You called me rusty. Part. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I'm in, I'm in mid-season form, kid. That's how I always do. Um, End of season form. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the season kind of went quick, but the season also kind of went not so quick. Um, Brian Robinson was limited in practice, uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, DJ Moore practiced on Wednesday. We'll be talking about DJ Moore in a little bit. Trevor Lawrence, not seen in practice on Wednesday, but not a really big deal. He'll be fine. Yeah, Traylon Burks remains in the NFL's concussion protocol. Not good news not for good. Traylon. I mean, one of the worst hits I've ever seen. I would not be surprised if you were talking about, like, you know, Kenny Pickett might not even play again for the rest of the year because of the concussion. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't play Traylon Burks and unless it's a must-win game. I guess the Titans are kind of in a playoff position, but yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's good for the news uh, so far, unless you guys can think of anything that I may have missed. Turbo speed news section, Tim. Wow. Look at you. I didn't even mean to. It's just I guess it's uh everyone's just ready for the the, the Let's do it. Let's do it. Ready, let's ready do for it to start, baby. The categories, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the first one. It is the stock up section. And since Matt was so uh eager, I'ma let I'm a I'm a I'ma pass it to you, my bro. Well, for it's tier breaker up and I'll, I'll say Did I say stock up people. again? Um, oh, yeah, meaning yeah. like if they're usually uh a wide receiver two, they're going to break the tier into a wide receiver one or RB three into RB two, so on and so forth. I, I feel like if you're listening and at I this mean, point and you're in the playoffs, like you know the deal, but thank you, Matt. Hey, we get new listeners all the time. You bro. are right. You're right. You're right. Shout out to new people and, and thanks for joining us, you know. Um, <laughs> you're like, right. You're right. A guy, and I guess this is kind of the RB three to RB two kind of tier breaker up, but for me, it's Bam Knight. I mean, it, obviously, injuries to Brees Hall, Michael Carter paved the way for this undrafted free agent to take over lead duties and have honestly quite shocking results. He continues to look impressive in the role, in my opinion, um, both on film and on the stat sheet. He took 17 carries, which was a 77.3% rush share last week for 71 yards, one touchdown, added two receptions, two targets for six yards, but that was actually his lowest receiving total um, since coming into the lead role when James Robinson's listed out. Carter went down and they, they inserted Knight into that spot. Carter's now without an injury designation, but he managed just five yards on five carries. He caught three of six targets for an additional 15 was kind of barely used on the offense last week. And I mean, regardless, Knight is by far the more effective and efficient runner and also has proven to hold his own as a receiver out of the backfield, which makes Carter kind of an expendable asset, an expendable cog in that offensive system for the Jets. Bam can really do it all in, in his snap percentage says that as target share, although not world beating, certainly says that he's a capable receiver and he's, you know, yet to drop a pass or have any big fumbles. So he's a very safe ball handler as well. The Jets face off against the Lions in week 14, who honestly like that, that team really turned around their defensive front 
as of late. And they bottled up Travis Etienne. They bottled up Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley. Devin Singletary and Josh Allen did combine for 150 yards uh, just two games ago, I think it was. Yeah, not last game, but the game before. Exactly. Um, 72 to Allen, 75, 78 to Singletary, or, or vice versa, rather, 78 to Allen. Overall, it looks like a bad matchup for Knight, but the Lions do concede 19.4 points per game to opposing running backs, but 15.8 points per game of rushing production alone, which is right in the middle of the pack, ranked 15th in true matchup ranking. So they're definitely... they're perceivably a bad matchup but one of the beautiful things about true matchup ranking is it separates receiving production from rushing production and the Lions defense as good as it has gotten is still a plus matchup in points over average for rushing production which is obviously where Bam has been thriving uh yeah I I think you know consensus ranking outside of the top 24 again is silly I think Bam has another big week in a spot where they must use him and against a defense that yeah has looked better but is still susceptible all right I I I'm going to agree with you on that one, and one of my guys later in the episode is going to agree with you even more, if that makes any sense. Like, I'm, But we'll save that a, a little later. All right. Um, Michael, man, I missed your voice, man. I missed your voice. I want to hear you again. Michael, who is your first what tear breaker up? There it is. Yeah, my first tear breaker up for this week is a wide receiver who did not play last week because he was on bye, and that's Christian Watson. Uh, Christian Watson went into his bye on an absolute heater, four straight top 10 finishes and at least six targets in each of those games, not to mention the uh, the big prize here, at least one touchdown in each of those games with three of those games being multi touchdown performances. And we discussed prior to his bye week that Watson was playing in every down role um, and he was becoming an alpha in that offense. And Prior to their bye this past week, he saw seven targets and a 22% target share. He also had the rushing touchdown, which was nice to see. And now the Packers got a Monday night matchup against the now more exciting than it looked at any point in the year, probably Los Angeles Rams with Baker Mayfield at the helm coming off of that miraculous comeback win against the Raiders. And even if he gets Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey is not the Jalen Ramsey of old, or at least he hasn't been this season. He's actually tied for the league lead in touchdowns allowed this year, if I'm not mistaken, which is not a stat where you want to be leading when you're playing against a guy like Christian Watson, who has had an unmatched affinity for the end zone. Uh, that The Rams are eighth in true matchup rank to opposing wide receivers, the only position where they're not above average. So that is how you beat them. Um, so I'm trusting Watson is he's being ranked more of a, Lower end-ish wide receiver two this week. I think he's high-end wide receiver two, maybe even wide receiver one um, this week against the Los Angeles Rams. I like it. I like it. Uh, I, I really like it. In fact, I like I like Matt so much, and I like Mike so much, that I'm going to go a little dash of each. Matt, I'll go a dash of Jets, and Michael, I'll go a dash of rookie receiver. And Garrett Wilson is my st- uh, tear breaker up for the week. I think that uh, this is the first time I've ever seen Garrett Wilson expert consensus rank as a wide receiver one on Fantasy Pros, and, uh, yeah. you know, I agree with it. Usually when things like this happen, I'm like, ah, people are crazy. No, I think that Garrett Wilson uh, has what it takes. First of all, the matchup is there. The Lions are the fourth-best matchup rank for wide receivers. They give up 34.8 points to the wide receiver, and that's 13.8 
uh, points over average to the wide receiver. Again, you could find that on the Fantasy Football Broto app. Since Mike White came into the picture, um, he's finished as the wide receiver 5 overall, the wide receiver 9 overall, and the wide receiver 26 overall. And even when he was a wide receiver 26 in PPR leagues, he put up 14 points. Uh, that's a that's a, that's a game that you're appreciating from Garrett Wilson. Now he's in a great matchup where they're going to have to throw the ball because the Lions do excel in stopping the run. Uh, Zonovan Knight, you mentioned, has a chance to, to, to do well in this game. The Jets' offense is going to have to be high-powered. According to Andy Holloway, the Jets have the highest average uh, plays run per game in Mike White starts when Mike, right, when Mike White starts. So they run a lot of plays, and Garrett Wilson is going to see uh, the, the spoils of that. So I think Garrett Wilson at this point has shown who he is, a superstar in the making in my opinion, and I think I'm not the only one that has that opinion. And against the Lions in a great matchup, uh, in a game that they're hungry for. Uh, I don't know if you guys, I, I know this is a little narrative driven, but uh, Robert Sala after the game, they asked him about the Bills game, and they're like, hey, duh, what do you, how do you feel after that? And he goes, I have a feeling we're going to see those guys again. So this is a team that's uh, playing. Yeah, this is a team that's playing with the utmost confidence. Uh, so, um, and they and the Lions are the same way. The Lions are on a roll. So both of these teams are going to be coming with something to prove. I think that's going to end up being some points. This might be one of those games that goes that starts off real slow because the teams because and then ends up blowing up and and hitting over like sixty total on the on the scoreboard. So, um, yeah, I'll talk about that a little later too. Uh, hint, hint. Uh, I have a I have a cheap honorable mention in the middle. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Austin Eckler. I just want to say because how do you, how is the RB one overall and the overall number one player in the league uh, a tear breaker up? I just want to mention that if you have uh, Austin Eckler, conventional wisdom would tell you that Austin Eckler is in a bad matchup right now because the Titans are the best run defense uh, in the league. And uh, they are also, according to points over average, the second best fantasy run defense in the league. They're only allowing 16.4 points to the running back. They're, that's a quarter above, under average, 26%. Um, but, ha, 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 it's Austin Eckler. So he's actually secretly a receiver, as you guys know. And the Titans are actually a positive matchup. For the wide receiver receiving out of, I mean, the running back receiving out of the backfield, 17.5% over average. That's the 11th best matchup. And, you know, Austin Eckler, while he is a running back, yes, uh, this guy has 93 catches on 112 targets. You know, this is not a, this is not your average everyday running back. He has 93 catches. I mean, he has 112 uh, targets. He only has, a, he has 153 rush attempts. So he's, it's 50-50. Every other time he touches the ball, it's a pass. So, uh, yeah, Austin Eckler, also a little cheap honorable mention. Uh, Matt, you're up next. Who is your second uh, tier breaker up? Okay, first I have to correct you, and I wanted to let you yeah. finish your thought because I just hate getting any little stat wrong. The 49ers have the best run defense in the NFL. They only allow 75.1 yards per game, but the Titans are right, way up there. But okay. they're not the best. They're not the number one. Had to say it. But now, number, <laughs> more Devontae Smith propaganda from me always i mean i feel like it's been a, a recurring trend on the pod recently so i'll just dip back into the well throw a little Devontae's love out there you're talking about perceivably bad matchups if you look at chicago bears secondary that ranks uh in the bottom five in true matchup rank for the position on the season you would think it's obviously pretty terrible um but 
since Eddie Jackson went down with an unfortunate injury in the past two games, they have allowed a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, a wide receiver one, and a wide receiver two. Now they get Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, who are of the most elite wide receiver ones and wide receiver twos. And and for reference to go look at the points per game, it was Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, Garrett Wilson, and then Elijah Moore, 60 yards and three receptions and a touchdown. Um, his little mini breakout game. So yeah, since Eddie Jackson went down in that Jets game, the Bears have kind of opened up their secondary and haven't really been able to do much against the pass. Now, it might get game scripted out of hand a little bit, but I'll talk about that matchup and how I think there can be a good fair share of scoring on both sides of the ball. And to just look at Devontae, man, he's quietly led the Eagles in targets and four of the last teams, five. The only game he didn't was the revenge game against the Titans for AJ Brown. He's eighth in targets with 25.8%. He also leading the Eagles with a 91.0% snap share. He's commanding an exceptional target share this season. He's averaging 15.1 points per game over the last five contests. I'm just, I'm in love with this kid. And I, I think Ranking him outside of the, you know, top 20 options, top 18 options, uh, just continuously tear breaker up. Like I have, I think Devontae Smith's going to put up a wide receiver one week this week. He, are you nervous about the return of Dallas Goddard? Cause I feel like his no. t- turn up into like, like this superstar. No, because Dallas been... Goddard, Dallas Goddard has missed four of the last games, uh, um, four of the last Eagles games. And this, he's going to get activated on his fifth. He was removed on IR on the fourth game, like the first game that you're allowed to remove back when you place them on that injured reserve list. Devontae Smith has also led the team in targets in six of the last nine. So three games that Dallas Goddard was on the field. That's true. Okay. All right. Uh, Mike, I like that one. Mike. You yeah, my up. second, yeah, my second tier breaker up is Paris Campbell. Look, Paris Campbell mm-hmm. has slowed down uh, pretty dramatically over the last several weeks, which is why he's settled into an expert consensus ranking all the way down at wide receiver forty-five this week. However, I'm I'm diving in one more time. I think Paris Campbell could be uh, this week's DJ Chark. How everyone was streaming DJ Chark last week, and it worked out perfectly. I think Paris Campbell has that type of upside this week. The Minnesota Vikings' pass defense is horrendous. They've allowed 300-yard passers in seven of their last eight games, and they've been getting into shootouts more often than not because they have just as explosive of an offense led by Justin Jefferson. The Vikings are sixth in true matchup rank to opposing quarterbacks, um, but it's even better if you look at only passing, which they're fifth, and third in true matchup rank for opposing wide receivers. They're allowing over 34 PPR points per game to opposing wide receivers on the season thus far. Campbell has been consistently seeing the second most snaps and targets behind Michael Pittman this season. Um, and this game is tied for the second highest over under the slate at 48 and a half points. So I think a lot of people, I've not heard Paris Campbell's name out there really. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him this week, but sign me up is for Campbell as a strong wide receiver three this week, rather than just a meh flex option. Like he's being ranked as right now. Interesting. Interesting. How do you? I, I kind of like that. I'm, I'm starting Paris Campbell in uh, the Teachers Charity League run by uh, AWL Sabermetrics. Uh, shout out to him. He's a light, a longtime listener, long, a longtime friend, and uh, yeah. So he's a uh, he's a good dude. Um, I'm starting him. So that's that's good news. I, I don't know how to feel about this. I think Michael and I are gonna have a little back and forth later. I feel about. Uh, the guy throwing the ball. I really like that one. Well, I mean, speaking of the Vikings defense, I, I do really like that one because it, it was kind of what led me to the 
the bears as i was just looking up like who has the most overall wide receiver one finishes allowed and stuff and over the last four games the vikings have allowed four wide receiver one finishes four wide receiver two finishes four qb one finishes and three tight end one finishes holy (laughs) man well goddamn glorious uh yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's insane how bad that defense got all right michael i challenge you to a face-off after, so I'm 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 the last one here. My st- my tear breaker up is Michael's tear breaker down. Oh yeah, and it is Alvin Kamara, running back of Matt's favorite team, the New Orleans Saints. This is so fun. So I am going to say my piece for Kamara. Michael is going to lead off the tear breaker down section, which is just the opposite of tear breaker up, where if you're a wide receiver two, we you're a wide receiver three or lower, etc. Um, yep. And, yeah, so I'm going to start it off. Alvin Kamara, first of all, coming off a bye week. Yo, look, I'm I'm going to get into the numbers a little bit later, but a team not having a bye week until week 14 is criminal. It's criminal. Look, you, a you get, it's a long time, especially for a running back, especially for a running back who has been beat up throughout the season, multiple injuries, has been missed, hasn't missed extended periods of time, but has missed time on multiple occasions for short periods of time. Um, and now he's had that time to come off and rest. Uh, also, this is a team he's playing the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, this is the team that he's had success against. He's been an RB1 in two of his last three meetings uh, at home against the Falcons. The Falcons have now also turned their ball over to the rookie. It's the thing that we forgot to mention on the last podcast. Uh, Desmond Ritter, right? So you imagine that the Falcons are going to be uh, running a very conservative offense. An offense that is going to give the the ball to the Saints more often. The Saints will in theory, have a positive game script against the Falcons, and Kamara will get the handoffs. Um, The game script is in his favor, and the matchup is in his his favor. The Falcons are the 10th best matchup in true matchup ranking. They average 22.8 points allowed to the running back, and that's almost 10% points over average. So Alvin Kamara, although he's been bad, he's been bad against very, very good run defenses. And now he's playing a team that he's very familiar with, coming off a bye, and they have a chance to stay in the division. The Saints have a chance to be part of, and, and win this, not just, not, they can win the division. That's something to play for. And Alvin Kamara is their best player, so I think that he's going to turn up in this game against the Falcons. Alvin Kamara is my tear breaker up. Michael, dude, was good. Man, this fucking guy, Tim, said Alvin Kamara has been an RB1 two of the last three times at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Who gives a fuck, Tim? I'm most likely to eat hummus on a Tuesday if I'm in the mood for hummus. Like, you might as well just say <laughs> shit that makes literally no right, sense. He was also an RB1 fuck? on the road, too, but he was also not an RB1 on the road. Three of the last Whatever. six overall meetings. Whatever. All I'm saying is, look, Alvin Kamara, his expert consensus rank here right now is RB10, and that's blasphemy. Calling him a tier breaker up means you think he's going to be a top five running back or something, which is stupid. No, and I mean, he's been he's been an RB3. I think he's going to be a high-end RB2. Look, either way, Alvin Kamara is ranked as an RB10 right now. He could even this be an RB1. Why... You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go all in. He could be an RB1. Hell yeah, he could be an RB1. I let you speak. Shut all right, up. RB1, go ahead. 
Yeah, my gripe is that Alvin Kamara has an expert consensus ranking of RB10, despite the fact that he hasn't been inside the top 18 running backs since all the way back in week eight. It's been almost two months since Kamara was even a mid-level RB2 in a single football game. And while the matchup is tremendous on paper, like you mentioned against the Falcons, um, their true matchup rank is deceiving. The Falcons are 10th in true matchup rank for opposing running backs, but are 8th rushing and 26th passing. And Alvin Kamara has been dreadful as a runner. And he's basically, you have to, if you are if you want Alvin Kamara points, you're going to need it through the air, where the Falcons have actually been good at blocking opposing running backs this season. And look, the only reason I think Alvin Kamara isn't even lower than like a mid-range RB2 this week is because Mark Ingram is out now. So I do think Alvin Kamara has a bit of a higher floor. Not to mention, I didn't even, I forgot higher, to mention that. Oh my God, Tim, shut up. A higher allotment of snaps because of that. But the Saints offense has been wavering for weeks now. And they're, they haven't been able to get anything going on the ground. I question how many offensive touchdowns are even going to be scored in this game. The Falcons are just going to try to run the ball nonstop and let the less and, than four. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be like a, a 20 to 12 type of game or some disgusting shit like that. So I think Kamara is more of a mid-range RB2 than I than I believe he's an RB1, which is why he's my first tier breaker down. I think you guys are underestimating the Saints' ability to blow out the Falcons in this game. And I'm the I'm the Saints fan here, and I think I have to agree with Mike. It's just it's it's rough sailings for Alvin Kamara, and and knowing what we know about true matchup rank, and in us being the you know housers of that amazing stat, um, <laughs> it's it's brutal seeing that Kamara's only path to validity is essentially shut off because the one thing that the Falcons have is a good linebacking core. Man. I can't believe you went Michael with Walker his. Michael Walker's awesome. I can't awesome. believe you went with So is Troy Anderson. Man. All right, my, uh, Michael, what's the bet? I mean, I don't know. What What do you want it to be? You guys, top, it's got to be top 15. Uh, uh, yeah, right. I, I would say I'll that's take exactly it. what I was going to say. I was say thinking 15, too. It's got to be top 15. I was thinking 15, right. too. I'll take it. All right, Matt, who's your first uh, tier breaker down? My first tier breaker down, and I guess this one's not so surprising, to be honest. It's Joe Mixon. Speaking of blasphemy being ranked continuously, he's ranked in the top six this week, and I think that's asinine. He's finished outside of the top 24 running backs in three of his last four games. He only has one finish inside of the top uh, 10 since week one. Obviously, the big blow-up record-breaking game against the Panthers. Um, but his commonly disappointing outings have not been for lack of a volume. He has a 74.1% opportunity share. That's RB7 this season. He's just been incredibly inefficient, like as he always is. 28th in yards per touch, 38th in yards created per touch, 26th in points per opportunity, 24th in total evaded tackles, 52nd in evaded tackle rate, 33rd in breakaway runs. Like Mixon, the only thing that has ever upheld his resurgence, you know, in the last two seasons um, of what was an, an almost a bust career as a plodding rookie and, and second year player is the volume that he gets. And now Samaji P. Ryan has a role. He, they got inside of the 20 and it was like, Mixon, get out of here. <laughs> like, Samaji Pirine has a role. Zach Taylor's in love with that guy. He's the same age as Joe Mixon, too, which I think a lot of people forget about. Like, they went Samaji to Oklahoma Pirine. together, too, which is exactly. Funny. They're literally like, yeah, they're like, they, and they were incredible in Oklahoma together doing this exact same thing. But once they got into the NFL, it turned into a much larger opportunity share for Joe Mixon than when they shared the field in college. Now, it, I mean, you know, many a years later, but now, P. Ryan clearly has a role in that offense. 
any sort of like lack of volume to Joe Mixon, any loss of volume is what I was trying to say. Any sort of loss of volume to Joe Mixon's opportunity share is detrimental because he's incredibly inefficient. He's not Tony Pollard. He's not these guys that only need 15 touches. He needs the 25. He needs the 30 and he needs the upside in receiving volume as well, which is immediately what Samaji P Ryan took away. It's uh, it's something that we've seen with Joe Mixon throughout his uh, his tenure. Uh, there's always seems to be a running back that is more uh, efficient with his carries on the roster at the exact same time as Joe, Joe Mixon's Mixon. a a volume based back. I can't think of a more overrated running back in like this era than Joe Mixon. Yeah, I even forgot like, and obviously the Buccaneers like that, that. That should have been. I should have mentioned that. Yeah, Buccaneers and negative points over average rating to running backs, like both good in rushing and receiving. It's just yeah, man. Bad scenes. Bad scenes. Um, all right. Definitely below RB one this week, like for sure. <laughs> uh, did I go yet? No, nope. no. Technically, I didn't go. Right. All right. I'll go there. Yeah, you just kept. You just yeah, kept, just kept going. Mine, which is why. Oh, you thought right, right, right. Your your <laughs> shitty take. All right. Uh, Jared Goff. Uh, <laughs> Jared Goff is my tear breaker down, which basically is a kind of bench Jared Goff thing because what this is really a public service announcement. Don't chase the points because. If you lost Lamar Jackson, right? A lot of people lost Lamar Jackson. You may have lost. You may have needed to replace Justin Fields on a buy. You there are some uh, quarterbacks that went down. There are some. There have been some quarterback changes. Uh, maybe you were a Jimmy Garoppolo guy. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, but anyway, and you needed a quarterback on your team. Jared Goff, the last two weeks, has been quarterback four overall, quarterback five overall, putting up numbers for your team. And you might think, oh. I have found my guy. He won me these matchups going to the playoffs, and I'm going to ride with him. I'm here to tell you, do not make that mistake. Uh, He is running into the Jets, who have been an absolute buzzsaw for uh, quarterbacks. And not only have they been a buzzsaw for quarterbacks, uh, again, I'm going to mention true matchup rank, and Matt explained it really well. We split it up, and it's such a telling thing because the Jets are the 25th ranked matchup. They are. They give up ten percent points under average to quarterbacks. Now let's split that up. Josh Allen has run in a few touchdowns against the Jets this year. Uh, they give up f- almost five points a game to touchdowns to quarterbacks. Five points a game. They give up less than twelve points to quarterbacks through the air per game, and that's because they have the. Roster that does it. Sauce is still ranked as the number one quarterback, not only in coverage, but overall in PFF. He's also top 10 in coverage snaps. He's on the field the most, and he's still playing the best. Uh, And by the way, Michael Carter is the 16th ranked DB and the third best ranked slot corner in the entire NFL. Uh, Now, I'm not sitting Amon Ross St. Brown because of this in any way, shape, or form, or fading him in any way, shape, or form, but it's going to be a little harder for Jared Goff because Amon Ross will be a little better covered uh, by a little better player than he's used to seeing. Um, That doesn't even mention the... the, I did mention Sauce shutting down DJ Chark and the other guys on the outside. Um, They don't really have a tight end. The issue anymore you can run you could run on the jets but at the same time that doesn't help jared goff very much so for me personally if i'm 
leaning on Goff in this game. I'm super, super nervous. I do not want to do it. There are many, many guys I'd rather stream over Jared Goff, including the guy on the other side of this game, Mike White. Uh, so I am not going to play the game of Chase Jared Goff in this game. Uh, sign me up for no Jared. Yeah, Jared Goff has been worse on the road as well. But against the Jets, um, I'm with you. I would I would not be looking to stream Jared Goff this week. Okay, there it is again. It's, it's like uh, <laughs> a, 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 an occurrence. Michael's not here. We couldn't be in the same room. So I am again in my childhood room in my parents' house. And the phone goes off. Uh, Michael, uh, why don't you tell the people why I, while I remove this phone from the room? Yeah, will do. <laughs> uh, my second tear breaker down here is J.K. Dobbins. Go back and look and watch J.K. Dobbins's 40-yard-plus run last week. I believe it was a 44-yard rush. And try not to wince while watching it. While he was able to break free yeah, for the 44 yards... That had way more to do with the hole that opened up since he ran untouched for basically the entire rate than it was his rushing ability. J.K. Dobbins is clearly not 100%, and he was pretty easily ran down by the uh, by the DB and even said after the game that he's not fully there yet and he needs to be able to take plays like that to the house. So we're looking at a hobbled committee back in this one in J.K. Dobbins in a divisional game against the Browns this weekend. He played just 43% of the snaps last week and only outcarried Gus Edwards by two total carries. The tremendous matchup against the Browns, a team that's fourth in true matchup rank for opposing running backs, including first overall rushing, has people super excited about Dobbins as a potential RB2 play this week. But Dobbins is a shell of himself right now and is a super touchdown-dependent option. The guy's not going to catch a pass. So to me, like the fact that he's being ranked around RB20 right now when you're basically just banking on his old man legs falling into the end zone, even if it is on paper, like the best matchup he can have. I've just like, I, I think counting on Dobbins right now is a fool's errand and it's not something I'd be very, uh, very excited about. I will say this. He said that he looked like that because he ran out of gas and he's not in game shape yet. No, I mean, looks like watch his knees. Yeah, dude, watch the, the if you watch the rush, it, that dude was looking like he was running as like a 45 year old. We were it watching it together and we nice. looked, and we looked at each other he's like, my, what the hell? He was my number one sell in Dynasty this week for the sell high article. Like, get him off your rosters, man. Yeah, like, even earlier in the year, J.K. Dobbins was my sell high. I was like, because if you get to the playoff times. You don't want J.K. Dobbins in your starting lineup. You want J.K. Dobbins in the lineup you're playing against, and I still fully believe that. Like, I'm going to be hyped if I play against J.K. Dobbins in any playoff round. Maybe he looks me look, makes me look stupid, but I don't think he's going to. Huh, interesting. I'm not nearly as down on J.K. as you guys are. I just think he... I think there's a chance that he's still... Yeah, sure, is there a chance? Yeah, but this team's going to run the ball like crazy, and he's probably going to be the main recipient of that. So you can't really, you can't really uh, deny that part. Um, Matt, who is your second, uh, tier down Nick Chubb. And I mean, in general, honorable mention, just to the Browns offense, you thought it was going to be a tear breaker up as soon as Deshaun Watson took the snaps under center, but it has been anything. But, uh, last week, Nick Chubb, 45 snaps, 14 rushes, three targets, 
Kareem Hunt should be mentioned as well. 28 snaps, four rushes, four targets. They're no longer a dual-headed powerhouse, obviously. The Browns heavily favor Nick Chubb, as they have all season. Unfortunately, it didn't really mean much for Chubb. It hasn't mean much for him in the past two games. He's kind of the unfortunate benefactor of the team's quarterback role is more than anybody else, really, because he was the one putting up the most points per game in the first place. Since Watson's return over the last two games, Chubb has 8.0 and 8.4 PPR fantasy points. That's RB35 and RB29. Can you say disrespectfully? Like, you know how you go RB35 and RB29 respectively? Well, like, disrespectively, because that's just terrible. He's recorded <laughs> He recorded a red zone carry in every single game. And multiple in most games, but he has recorded a, a red zone carry in every single game until Deshaun Watson took over. Now he has zero in back-to-back games. And when you're talking about like weighted opportunity and when you look like, oh, Nick Chubb was leading the league in weighted opportunities for 14 weeks. So that's because most of his carries come inside of high scoring, high you know, volume or value situations where he can put up the most points because he's not really a pass catcher. Although he is trending towards putting up career highs and receiving that just only needs to be 30 receptions on the year um he's it's okay it's really tough to want to start or bench nick chubb rather you're gonna have to start him you're in the playoffs he's a top three rb in points per game like you have to start this guy but tear breaker down for sure and i think tamp tampering expectations and maybe having hopefully a high upside boomer bust guy kind of that can get over the hump of of the low volume or the low floor that I think Nick Chubb is going to give you would be, you know, obviously beneficial. They get the Ravens uh, a short week kind of because it's a Saturday game. The Ravens allow a stifling 81.2 rushing yards per game. That's ranked second amongst all defenses this season. The Ravens give up 17 points per game to opposing running backs, ranked 29th in true matchup rank with a negative points over average of minus 20.2%. Even more worrisome is the fact that they allow a mere 9.7 points per game to rushing production with a negative points over average of 28.2% to rushing production specifically. And I mean, injuries on the offensive line to the Bengals or Browns have certainly affected Chubb's ability to, to find, you know, big chunk gains as well. But it's also clearly a byproduct of Deshaun Watson not quite being at an NFL caliber level. And it's going to take some time. You can't just walk onto a field of the greatest athletes that have ever lived at any given moment in this Earth's existence and expect to dominate after two years of sitting on your couch. It's not going to happen. I don't care if you're Michael Jordan, because guess what? It didn't happen for Michael Jordan either. Facts. (laughs) That's the uh, Matt. That was those. Those are fucking bars that you just dropped. I know, but but then there. the Monstars took Jordan juice and became <laughs> mad nice. So. Facts. <laughs> uh, a little bit, but like XO stuff. Like, how much do you think? Like, I've noticed that there's a lot of shotgun, shotgun runs that are happening now with Deshaun Watson. Do, do you think well, that's yeah. fucking with Nick Chubb a little bit? Oh, I mean, absolutely, because he also leads the league in in carry rates with the quarterback under center. Don't, there you go. I didn't uh, even think about that, but like I know that's that because I was staring at his, you know, PFF page for the last half hour. Um, my stock down to end this segment, not stock down. God damn it, tear tear breaker down. Uh, was that like three hours today already? Man? Shut if your mouth, Michael. Down. What are you doing? Yeah. Did you come here to make fun of me? Get out of here. Uh, like the O two Rockies. DeAndre Hopkins. All right. Uh, it would be an error to expect a wide receiver one performance out of DeAndre Hopkins. Boom. Boom, boom pow. Uh, Cardinals. God. The Cardinals right now, man, they're just bad vibes central, man. They're just like, 
Man, every so, bad vibe that can be coming out of a spot is coming out of there. Kyler Murray out for the season. Uh, Steve Keim with a leave of absence because the stress probably got to him and, and his heart and you know that one's crazy. Yeah, actually. man, it's crazy, bro. It's uh, it's it's you know not good. It's it's not a good atmosphere there. Uh, um, Colleen Wolf uh, on the Around the NFL podcast put it really good. She said, "When you look at the sideline last game, you could see the stress oozing out of Cliff Kingsbury's eyes, and I think that's correct. Like you, you, this is this is a team that just got five year extensions uh, that were expected to do big things." Now, they haven't been healthy all year. The injury bug has got them to the point where the full squad that was imagined never really played together. But with that being said, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is now in an, a really bad spot because it's Colt McCoy, who's a you know serviceable backup, and DeAndre Hopkins has had a good game with, with Colt McCoy. But at the same time, uh, the Denver Broncos are the worst matchup possible. Patrick Sertan is an absolute beast. Um, everything I said about... Uh, Sauce Gardner for the last few weeks, like I've been, I've been talking up how good Sauce has been. Patrick Sertan is two spots below him. Like it's, it's not like he's, he's a top five cornerback. Arguably, like one of the best, you know, cornerback generations that we've ever been in. It's kind of crazy. I think. I guess if the receiving talent gets better, so does the the cornerback talent has to get better. Iron sharpens iron. That's right. So uh, Patrick Sertan, absolute beast, and that's who he's going to be seeing. The Broncos are the the 30th matchup, so the third worst matchup for wide receivers. Uh, they only allow 22 points a game to the wide receiver. So definitely a guy that I'm not expecting a lot out of DeAndre Hopkins. That team, I wouldn't be surprised if they just pack it up. Brett Ripien, uh, Ripon, excuse me, uh, playing for the Broncos, but you know, maybe that maybe that also slows the game down. Another not so good thing for him. Uh, so yeah, that is my. Last one. Uh, so, unless you guys have any honorable mentions that you want to mention before we move on. Yeah. All right, let's get into the matchup of the week. Um, Mike, why don't you start us off with your first matchup, bro? Since you, uh, I think you picked sure. first, right? Yeah, my matchup of the week this week is the Tennessee Titans at the Los Angeles Chargers. Like, the Titans defense started putting it together, um, stringing together several impressive performances in a row, and then just forgot how to play football apparently because in back-to-back weeks they've gotten absolutely demolished by the titans and jaguars um excuse me not the not the titans the jaguars and the who, whoever the titans played to the eagles the eagles, eagles. and the jaguars yeah. yeah and i do not expect that to change this week against the Chargers. the Chargers are a pass first team to begin with um and now they have keenan allen and mike williams healthy together for only the third time this season Josh Palmer's a decent wide receiver three. DeAndre Carter is mixed in nicely. Austin Eckler, obviously, in the backfield. Gerald Everett has been a decent tight end for them as well this year. And then the Titans on the other side, you got a... Uh, you didn't even mention Kate. Mike Williams. I did. I said a healthy Keenan yes, Allen, Mike did. Williams for oh, the third time. Oh, sorry. I'm going to... I don't want to get too far into it because my two grand slam smashes of the week are both from this game. My, um, I, I have a grand slam smash in this game as well. Hey-o. Yeah, but this the, is a great matchup. Mike yeah. Mike always out here stealing the best matchups. <laughs> well, the 47 and a half over-under is actually just the third highest on the slate. So there's there's higher matchups and uh, point matchups in Vegas. But on the other side, obviously, Tennessee, you got Derrick Henry um, against a very, very exploitable uh, run defense that is for the Chargers. And look, Traylon Burks, like you guys said, he's probably not going to be there, which is unfortunate. But 
Robert Woods had a decent game last week. And Nick Westbrook Akine found the end zone. Chigazi McConquo found the end zone. Ryan Tannehill has been uh has been a decent streaming option three of the last five weeks as well. So I like this matchup here to have some some nice fruitful fantasy scoring. Michael, you had me in the first part of that matchup, and then you just like you were treading water there for like forty seconds. Just like Nick Westbrook, you know, you know, Titans offense, you know, Nick Westbrook Akine. No, get the fuck out of here with that. He scored a touchdown last week. I love NWI to be honest, and he's one of my highest roster dynasty guys because he was free. And like I mean, literally just add them off of waivers for zero dollars free, and And I just was like, all right, may as well. I mean, what if they don't draft a receiver? Especially if you have a, they, did, uh, they also got rid of one. If you have a hyphen in your last name, you just automatically get a boost. Let's be real. I mean, you yeah, get the bo- yeah. you get the boost in the cool, but you don't get to play better. Like like Donovan Peoples Jones, like coolness factor up whoa. to the top. Whoa, but, whoa, but not like you know. DBJ is uh, playing very well. All right, fine. Uh, you watch your mouth, young man. But is he playing hyphenated <laughs> last name well? That's what that's what uh. we have him. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones is he on the Ricky Seals Jones level? Remember JJ Arcegia Whiteside, like Ricky. Uh, I mean, People's Jones might be the best hyphenated wide receiver of all time. I like it. Oh, I don't know about that. Remember when Ricky Seals Jones kept getting injured and just returning right away and got nicknamed Ricky Heels Bones? That was a great time. Uh, all right, uh, I, I I never really understood why you guys called him Heels Bones. I just thought it was a stupid twinsism. No, uh, because he kept always recovering from his injuries ridiculously fast. <laughs> uh, Matt, what was your, what's your match for the week? Uh, this one's kind of fun, and it, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but for me, it's the Eagles and the Bears, and and matchup of the week for me is also the game that I kind of want to watch the most, in which a lot of people will be like, well, why that game? Well, Matt's a dynasty guy. Why is why that game? It's two of the greatest rushing quarterbacks of their generation. You can throw Lamar Jackson in there, sure, but that's the end of the list. They're both well above, as much as I love him, but both well above Kyler Murray as far as rushing prowess goes. These are literally the two greatest rushing quarterbacks of their generation. One of them has the single game or single regular season game record for most rushing yards in a single game. And the other one has the first half record for most rushing yards in a single game. Like it's just Jalen hurts and Justin Fields are special quarterbacks. And I I know you can make all of the fuss that you want about his development as a passer. And there are certainly some problems there, but Justin Fields has also been servicing solid fantasy options. Now you're going to lose out on Darnell Mooney, which I think bumps up Cole Komet, even in a badly perceived matchup a little bit, just based on volume, but he's been supporting solid Cole Komet outings, obviously two tight end one performances and another top 12 performances in the last four weeks. And you have Chase Claypool, who's obviously going to get some shadow coverage. I don't think he's much of a starter, but that leads to David Montgomery seeing a bunch of checkdowns, getting some decent work against a Philly's defense that with Jordan Davis back is obviously much, much harder to run against. They are essentially impenetrable, but just volume based. I like Montgomery there for the flip side. It's mostly Matt being a Devontae Smith guy, loving him as much as I do, it's mostly a Eagles matchup. And an Eagles matchup that I think they can absolutely dominate in another blowout win, which they've been doing quite frequently this season, which is kind of skewing a lot of the usage data that I'm trying to track with all 32 teams. Because they just are able to sit their starters in the fourth quarter. Jalen Hurts, obviously, as I mentioned, going to have a big game, I think. I love Devontae and A.J. Brown um, with no Eddie Jackson there. Really nobody in the secondary to stop that passing offense now that they don't have their safety valve and their backstop uh, playing free safety. 
I, I like Miles Sanders a lot. Been getting hot, has had some hot games. Obviously, you know, just surpassed the thousand yard threshold for the first time in his career. He's looking like one of the better, more explosive running backs down the stretch, at least, because you know, Nick Sarani has obviously frustratingly kept his workload pretty small. But yeah, I love everybody in this matchup on the Eagles side of the ball. Dallas Goddard's return, like we said, it must start option. You can, I do feel a little, you know, worried, but must start option with his talent based on, you know, who he is and who he's playing and who he's playing with. Yeah, I'm very excited to watch this game go down. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I went with you too. Like, I'm in the excited to watch this game category. I got the Lions and the Jets. We've already talked a lot about the Lions and the Jets, but I'm going to continue going with it a little bit. I want to see which one of these teams is hungrier because they're both led by some alpha male dudes that are hungry and they want the, and, and they are led, they, they play with attitude, both these teams. So I want to see them uh, go at it. We went into the matchups earlier, so I'm not going to get too much into it. We're going to go into Mike White. Um, we're going to go into Elijah Moore a little bit, I believe. So I'm not going to go too much into these matchups. I'm just going to kind of, uh, for the sake of time and the sake of everything, just say, hey, this is my matchup. We've talked about it a lot. Um, so I'm going to get into my Grand Slam Smash of the Week that plays in Michael's matchup. And it's Justin Herbert, quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. In the last two weeks, the Tennessee Titans have allowed Jalen Hurts 380 passing, uh, passing yards, three touchdowns, a rushing TD, QB1 overall. Last week, Trevor Lawrence, 368 yards, three TDs, and a rushing TD. QB1 overall. They've Ah. allowed the QB1 overall in two straight games. Before that, they allowed... uh, They kind of kept Joe Burrow in check, but that's only because that was that Samaji Piran game where Samaji Piran scored the touchdowns. So... And then then they gave up more points than Aaron Rodgers has. They've just been susceptible to the quarterback and I think everyone could see that the Chargers are on the up the Chargers are finally healthy they're finally getting things together Justin Herbert is getting better and I think last week you saw Justin Herbert's best game of the year Um, it may have not been his best fantasy output of the year because he only had one touchdown but I think that was clearly his best game of the year and it was very much yeah Surgical. He was a uh, he. He showed why he was one of the better quarterbacks in the league, uh, he, and he at, silenced a lot of the Tua love real quick. For sure, and in in a big matchup against the, against a team, then a game they had to win. He stepped up, and there's another performance, and then there's another one like that. The Titans. I don't know, man. They're another team. Bad vibes. They're on the downswing. They're on the on the way down. Uh, so on the way down and on the way up, I'm trying to get that matchup. And uh, not to mention the numbers also back it up. Uh, the Titans are allowing almost tw- uh, just over, excuse me, 23 points a game uh, to the quarterback position. That is 21.6 points over average. That's the fourth best matchup uh, for the quarterback, the Tennessee Titans. Um, and the wide receivers, you know, we'll, we'll get into that as well. But they, they've been killing it because the quarterbacks have been killing it. Uh, so Justin Herbert is my tear breaker up. Michael, uh, I know you got someone from this game too. Why don't you yeah. just, why don't you piggyback me here, bro? Yeah, I'm gonna piggyback you with Big Mike, Mike Williams. I wish I was on the pod last week, guys, because I saw people's ranking of Mike Williams like outside their top thirty wide receivers. Some people had Josh Palmer ahead of him, and I was like, what is going on here? Like this is Mike Williams we're talking about. And he practiced in full. I know you guys discussed the Mike Williams situation a little bit last week, but I was all aboard the Mike Williams train. And obviously he came back with a splash. I even threw, dude, even Vegas seemed to be slow on it. His 
his uh his first touchdown odds were at plus twelve hundred. I threw five bucks on it and hit that and a, a nice sixty dollar cash prize real quick. But Williams went six for one sixteen and one last week, catching all of his targets. And now he's playing just 65% of the snaps. So even if he didn't get his full allotment, I expect that to increase now again. Um, now that he didn't have any sort of setback. Um, and he lines up against the Titans defense that has just been feeding fantasy points to opposing wide receivers all season long. The Titans are the second overall matchup to opposing wide receivers. 31st. This is interesting. Tim mentioned it earlier. 31st to opposing running backs. Um but 11th passing. So even Austin Eckler should be able to eat in this one. They're giving up 8.2 points per game to opposing running backs on the ground and through the air. So, which is absurd. Like that's how locked down they've been on the ground for running backs, but that's not the chargers game anyway. So it doesn't even really matter, which, which bodes well for Tim's grand slam smash of the week, Justin Herbert as well. Um, Look at just look at the big plays that have happened against Tennessee, even over the last three weeks, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Zay Jones and company. So sign me up all day for Mike Williams catching several deep balls and finding the end zone this week. All right. The Chargers connection in the house. Matt, who is your first grand slam smash of the week? CeeDee Lamb. Oh, yeah. Let's just get right into it, man. I love we all know I love CeeDee. I've I've loved him since you know my my inaugural article article with uh Brodo was about CD Lamb. I always have to bring that up. He's got a special place in my heart. Was that your first? Ar- that was your first article. Yeah, bro. Wow, still one of the most one popular one. articles in the history of our uh, history of our site. It was a fire piece. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and I mean, it, it's certainly panning out, especially for what his cost was when I wrote that thing. Um, but yeah. It, Lamb goes from one of the worst. Okay, actually, he goes from the worst possible matchup in fantasy when he faced the Texans and the the Cowboys. Low key, almost fell into that trap game, um, almost losing to the Texans. They they have the best true matchup rank for opposing wide receivers because teams don't really pass the ball against them. But they also have a good backstop in Jalen Peter, as I've mentioned, a good cor- shutdown corner in Derek Stingley. So Lamb goes from the worst possible matchup in the Texans to an absolutely phenomenal matchup against the Jaguars to complete their little mini AFC South tour that they've been on. Uh, Lamb brings his elite 29.1% target share and 16.2 points per game. That's wide receiver two target share, wide receiver 10 points per game into the matchup against the Jaguars, who allow 30.6 points per game to the wide receiver, ranked six overall, but a plus average of 13.5% in points over average. I really do think this is a statement game for the Cowboys. It's very clear who the top dog in the NFC is. It's the Eagles. It's the Eagles. And and the Vikings defense falling apart the way that they have, losing that game to the Lions the way that they did, um, are, are clearly, yes, contenders but potentially super bowl pretenders you know they're they're not at the level that the eagles are at at least in defensive prowess or consistency on offense for that matter the cowboys are really i think the next closest tier to what the eagles are and this is a statement game for them especially after kind of barely squeaking by the texans this is a game that they can put a lot of points up on a team can really shut down an offense but also trevor lawrence looking as hot as he can is as of late can keep this game script to a positive point where CD lamb sees 12 to 15 targets and has a, you know, crosses that century mark with a nine receptions, 112 yards. Obviously I'm thinking he finds the end zone. Yeah. I think CD lamb puts up top five wide receiver numbers this week. My hat hanger, my hat hanger, 
hanging the hats. Uh, Michael, were you about to speak? You uh, you unmuted yourself. You look like you were about to speak there. No, you could carry on, carry on. But you know, this is this is what happens when we're not in the same room. How do you? I've gotten you. Feel, I've gotten used to Michael being in the same room uh, with me. All right, I'm gonna go then. Uh, my second tear breaker. No, no, my second Grand Slam smash of the week is Chris Godwin. Yes, that's right, Chris Godwin. I said it. He's leading the team in targets since week nine. And I mentioned Trey Hendrickson being down and Tristan Worfs possibly coming back. This is important. Trey Hendrickson quietly has been one of the best pass rushers in the league the last three years. You know that, Matt, because he was, yeah, he was for, doing it on a my former team Saint. At one point. That's right. And he brought his ways into uh, Cincinnati. He's been very good since. And that extra tick on the clock is all that Tom Brady needs uh, to feed his number one target since week nine. Um, and the Bengals have been a very beatable de- defense in terms of fantasy. Uh, they are the ninth-ranked matchup uh, against the wide receiver. They allow 27 points to the wide receiver position. Uh, everyone's been talking about how Matt, I mean, how um, Tom Brady's connection with Mike Evans has been off. Last week they connected. It got taken back by a holding penalty. It just seems like those two guys cannot get it together. But on the other hand, Chris Godwin. He's been putting up elite league-winning numbers if you if you give him 10 touchdowns. Like, if right now he had his exact numbers with 10 touchdowns, you'd be ecstatic. But he has one touchdown. So uh, you're hoping – two touchdowns. So you're hoping – that you are going to be able to see a touchdown this game, um, but I think this is the this is the matchup to do it in, and I like Chris Godwin uh, in this matchup to smash Chris Godwin. All right, um, all right, Matt. Let's get into your second Grand Slam smash. I, another guy that I've been all in on this week or week year all year. Uh, I even called him to lead the league in targets, which, I mean, if Justin Jefferson didn't exist, he might be doing it. Stefan Diggs. Uh, as impressive as the Dolphins' offense has been all season, their defense has looked equally unimpressive, and that's who Diggs draws this weekend. The Dolphins allowed 242.5 passing yards and 24 points per game to opposing offenses, uh, both ranked 23rd in the league, so bottom 10 in both. They give up 27 points per game to opposing wideouts, which has a slight negative differential, actually, of negative 0.08%, but just got absolutely torched by Justin Herbert, who upheld the fantasy production of two wide receiver ones in Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Now, Stefan Diggs plays the role of both wide receiver ones both Allen's role and Williams role on his team because the Bills have nobody else as Mike mentioned today on Twitter Gabe Davis has 38 receptions this season and is the second leading wideout on the team it's the Stefan Diggs show it always was it was predictive the whole time um nobody else on that team is an elite of a target earner and they were going to pass the ball a lot now, he's commanding a 29.4% target share, 21.4 points per game. That's ranked wide receiver five already. He's my wide receiver four overall heading into the week against Miami. And part of it is due to game script. Although the negative you know, points over average isn't necessarily the thing that we like to point towards in a Grand Slam smash of the week. But it's it, this game script could really be the highest scoring output of the week. Um, the Dolphins offense can put up points for the best of them, surely. They create the narrative for a sneaky shootout. Uh, against the Bills. Bills defense that has allowed quite a few points over average in their last few outings. outings, Excuse me. So, I mean, I do think that they're not a rushing team. Singletary and, and James Cook aren't even really rushing running backs, per se. 
they're going to pass the ball a lot. It's going to be Stefan Diggs getting 15, 17 targets. It's going to be a game where both teams score more than three touchdowns. It's going to be a Josh Allen QB one week, and it's going to be a grand slam for Stefan Diggs, somebody that in the first game of your playoffs, you're going to be very, very happy that you took the shot on him probably to what was presumed as a reach in the first round to get him on your lineups. But yeah. 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 I mean, uh, hard to argue that one. Hard to argue that yeah. one. Uh, I have an honorable, honorable mention before we go on Greg, Greg Dolchich. Uh, oh, I still need to go. You scrub. Uh, yeah, but let me say it now that I said it. Uh, oh, God. Greg Dolchich. I'm so, well. I'm so mad at you right now. The game that's going on right now, George Kittle just scored a touchdown, and we, you would have known that was probably going to happen if you used the tool. The, the points over average tool is such a cheat code for tight ends. I've completely given in and just, like, went by what it says. And Greg D is the perfect target right now. He has a backup quarterback in Brett Rippon. Those guys like to hit their running backs and their tight ends, their safety valves. He's gotten eight targets in each of the last two games without Cortland Sutton. He's the second best option, uh, pass catching option on the team. And most importantly, the, he plays the Arizona Cardinals. They are the first and one of the all time worst matchups for, um, for tight ends. Uh, and when I say worst, I mean really best for the tight end. They are allowing just Brett under. Rippin at quarterback, man. Yes, I just explained why that's a good thing. Uh, it's they, not a good thing. Bro, you think Brett Rippon at quarterback's going to stop this guy from scoring against the Arizona Cardinals who gave up 87.9% points over average to the tight end? Don't get – he's – I would bet Absolutely. him – I would bet him scoring a touchdown this week. You want to bet it, Michael? You want to bet uh, Greg Dolgich, what, top six, top 12? What do you want to do? We'll do top eight. Top eight, no problem. That's that's an easy hurdle to to cross. It's going to be an easy one. Just show the rookie tight end led by Brett Rippon to be a top eight. Let me tell you something. Uh, Hunter Henry, Michael had seventy yards last game. That was his highest yardage of the season, and he that was seventeen percent of his total yards on the season. He did it in three targets. Yeah, I mean it's it's the Cardinals. He did it in three <laughs> like targets. Yeah, Great I also Dolphins. hate I Grand also slam. hate Chris Godwin pick. I cannot stand that pick. Wow. Now the guy's, averaging, the guy's averaging seven yards a target. Get out of here, Chris Godwin. He had that one big game, made it seem like he's back, and then he went back to being his trash ass. He scored a touchdown. version of himself. Man, get out of here, Chris he Godwin. He scored a touchdown. He's been the same in every game. I mean, he's been the same in every game. It's been consistency, except the, the, blow up, the blowout game is his touchdown game. That's it. <laughs> I'm so happy. Five friend. for 54 on 10 targets last week. That's basically what he's been the entire season. Calling him a grand slam smash of the week. I'm super lower on him this week than consensus. So I, I cannot disagree with you more. Than All right. You want to bet on Chris Godwin too? Top, sure, top 16. Yeah. He's not going to be top 16. I'll take that. Michael, man, I'm just going to, I'm going to sort of wreck you in these bets, man. Totally. Uh, what's Michael's, what is his Michael's rusty. Say? Michael's rusty. <laughs> History says you only take bets that favor your side tremendously. And now that I'm making the rules, now that I'm making the rules, it's going to all change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right. Um, Michael, whenever you're not putting this bet into your phone, uh, you do have the last and final. uh, I've just decided that whatever you say right now, I'm just going to disagree with just because fuck you. At this point. You're not though. It's uh, it's Derrick Henry. Right, um, 
Talk about funnel defenses. The Los Angeles Chargers are an above-average defense against opposing wide receivers and tight ends this season, but are second in true matchup rank to opposing running backs. The Chargers are allowing over 21 points per game to opposing running backs just on the ground, not including any pass catching. 50% over average. Um, so imagine a 150% Derrick Henry. That makes me very excited. Even if it's similar to last week against Jacksonville where um, the Titans fell behind and had to move away from the run a little bit he still dominated so much in the first quarter that he put up over 20 fantasy points over 100 yards on the ground and a touchdown like henry's just gonna get a ton of touches this is the perfect opportunity for him to go wild against the funnel run defense here against the chargers so i think and the titans are looking to get back in uh back in the groove back-to-back losses for the first time so give me uh give me some derrick henry this week it's d henber it's d henber all right henber Let's get into our next one. It's the bench warmer of the week. The guy that you are straight up sitting. Um, I'm going to start this one off since I uh, am the host. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, DJ Moore. He's a guy that I'm sitting this week. Last week he burned me. And I'm mad. Um, on top of that, the Panthers are living Steve Wilkes' dream right now. Steve Wilkes is passing the ball at the third lowest rate since taking over a head coach. That's 43.8% of the time. Only Matt Everflus, 38%. He's the coach of the Bears. And Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith, the coach of the Falcons, at 41.8%, are running the ball, I mean, are passing the ball at a lower rate than the Panthers are. Uh, once upon a time, the Cardinals, uh, with the Cardinals, Steve Wilkes ran up the middle with David Johnson at the highest clip in the league. This is Steve Wilkes-type ball. And... You know, Sam Donald only has 43 passes in two games. So if you're talking about, oh, he has a 20% target share, all right, he has eight. That means he has eight targets. You know, like that's just not what you want to uh, have uh, over the course of two games. And there's just not a lot to go around. Do, do they change their style up this week? Maybe. But since TJ Watt returned, the Steelers have been a very good pass defense. They have a very good uh, secondary. They've gone on a little bit of a hot streak in terms of getting some wins. Except last week. Um, but with that being said, I just think DJ Moore is going to have a really rough time out there today. I think that the Cardinals defense is going to give the uh, the Panthers offense a little bit more fits than it's used to. Look, I'm Sam Darnold's guy, but if there's one thing about Sam Darnold, he does not do well under pressure. So if TJ Watt brings the pressure, uh, Sam Darnold's going to make some mistakes. And I want no part of TJ, DJ Moore in my lineup for the playoffs. So DJ Moore is my first... Uh, bench warmer of the week Matt who's your first bench warmer my first bench warmer of the week and he's been putting up some really impressive games so I know he's a hot name had added his roster ship spiked and a lot of people were starting him but it's DJ Chark and we mentioned the Lions offense in, in in their matchup this week a little bit but I'll dive into it a little bit more he's looked really good as of late, he just had a, an incredible game and a wide receiver one game just before that. And last week, DJ Shark topped all members of the offense in receiving production, six reception, 94 yards, one touchdown, seven targets. Uh, that was against the Viking secondary that has been allowing a wide receiver one and wide receiver two game in every single contest for the last four. He doesn't get that matchup this week. This week, he gets Sauce Gardner or DJ Reed, or if they put him into the slot, he gets Michael Carter. It gets not good. <laughs> it's not good. And then throw Bryce Hall over the top. Like it's, yeah, the Jets secondary for my money, regardless of PFF grades or points over average, are the best in the NFL right now. Um, I think everybody on that secondary is legitimate all pro talent. And, you know, 
this is a game too where as tim said it kind of stole my thunder here but like you could see the jets kind of why i like bam knight but you could see the jets just running the ball and the lions doing the same it could be much different than i think what the lions have looked like as of late and that's a very voluminous passing offense just based on the game script and, and kind of how you want to keep that defense from making plays and that's by running the ball overall the jets allowed 25 combined points per game yeah 25 even combined points per game to opposing right wideouts that's ranked 27th a minus 7.9 percent points over average rating if if sauce gardner can lock down justin jefferson and stefan diggs i don't think he's gonna have any problems with whoever they ask him to shadow on the lines yeah i think we're in uh, agreement on that one um mike who is your bench warmer of the week yeah, my first bench warmer of the week is uh, Gabe Davis. Like Matt mentioned, uh, I have a t- popular tweet going around about Gabe Davis, how he only has 38 receptions this season, which is disgusting, man. It's tied for 50th in the entire league with Demarcus Robinson and Ben Skoranek. What are we doing here still treating Davis as anything more than a dart throw flex play at best? That's who he is at this point. Even his volatile nature in which he's known for, has just been straight up down lately. Like it hasn't been up and down. It's just been down. He has one game in his last seven within the top 30 wide receivers. And Josh Allen has also not been as effective as a passer since he hurt his elbow against the Jets in week nine. Gabriel Davis at this point is just a hope and a dream on a week to week basis. He has two games the entire season above four receptions, two games of more than four receptions, not a single game with seven or more receptions this season. He struggled against Miami last time he played them, even though it's like it's it's a shootout type matchup here. But the Bills have been in several shootouts already without needing Gabriel Davis's help. Um, and it's playoff time at this point. It's you're done banking on guys like Gabriel Davis. I don't know how people like I don't know how his expert consensus ranking is still within the top 30 wide receivers. That's bananas. Just please sit Gabriel Davis. Oh yeah, yeah, Michael. Tell him how you really feel. Bro. I'm starting in one league I, that I have Gabriel Davis. I I hardly have any Gabriel Davis, but I in the one league that I do, I'm starting Paris Campbell over him. For uh, example, I'm sitting Michael Carter in this game. We've talked about this game, so let me not. Um, look, some people might expect Michael Carter to take over something. The Lions have been great against the receiving running back. They are the number one worst matchup against the receiving running back. They allow 41% less points to the receiving running back. Um, so even though they're beatable on the ground, they are not beatable on the ground through the air. And that's where Michael Carter is going to do his damage. Uh, Matt already went into... Yeah, I know I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, Matt. Yes, that's right. On the ground through the air. People know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so the people know what I'm talking about. They got it. Uh, so yeah, let me not, uh, t- t- go even more. I think we've talked about everybody in this matchup except Amon Ross St. Brown, who you're playing. All right, let's go into our next category. No, no, you guys have to go still. Nope, uh, quite. yeah, go ahead, Matt. You're next. Uh, I'm going to stick with my kind of theme in this one is guys that have had a really recent, you know, upward swing and an upward trend in points production and are going to have a really bad game in your first playoff matchup and that's evan ingram and somebody that i've named as a streaming tight end and probably my favorite sleeper tight end of the season this is where it's going to get ugly for evan he was easily the most popular waiver wire ad especially you know in deeper leagues um, or shallower leagues rather um 
he had a roster ship below 65% is what I'm trying to say before that week 14 blow up. And now it's above 80. So Ingram had a career best performance against the Titans, 11 of a team high 15 targets. That was a 35.7% target share. He caught a hundred and two touchdowns for 162 yards. But like Tim said earlier in the episode, if you're starting Evan Ingram, you're chasing last week's points and we're not in last week. We're in right now. And right now is the first week of the playoffs and banking on another. Yeah, he might finish as a top 10 tight end, but you know, you must know by now, if you just look at the points per game averages, if you just look at your tight end overall rankings and your whatever platform you use, you use the difference between tight end 10 and tight end 20 is so menial it's ridiculous it is such a small gap of production in points per game average and yeah engram's looked great and he's somebody that i've loved all this season but they face off against the cowboys who allow just 6.9 points per game to the position now i'll use the true matchup rank but i think it's worth saying that that is 31st overall in the league 6.9 points per game they're 27th in true matchup rank with a negative points over average of minus 19.6%. Even after his blow up, it's not like Ingram is averaging a high enough points per game to be able to withstand a presumed dip of 20% in his production. I'm out. <laughs> Mic drop. drop. All right. I'm out. <laughs> Mike, you're up. Uh, my second... St- um, bench warmer of the week is Josh Palmer. I don't even know why he has to be in this section. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are back playing together, which means it's time to stop ranking Josh Palmer as wide receiver three. I mean, the guy's ranked as a top 40 wide receiver this league. Like, what are you people doing? I really struggle to understand the mindset between these people. When has Josh Palmer ever been a consistent option with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both on the field? He just hasn't been. It's, it's only been two weeks this year. Um, where they've both been healthy together. Week one, where Palmer went three catches for five yards, and last week, when Palmer went four catches for 53 yards. He also just saw 10 targets combined in those two games. Without Mike Williams or Keenan Allen, he was seeing seven targets, eight targets, 11 targets, 10 targets. Like It's a whole new ball game now that both of these guys are healthy, and Gerald Everett's healthy, and Austin Eckler's healthy, and people are still ranking him as if he's like a wide receiver three option. Like Him and Gabriel Davis, I'm, I just want to like shake people and be like bro what are you doing just put that guy on your bench he's a desperation flex play in my opinion and i just i do not understand it at all like not one bit even in a game that i think is has shootout potential it just makes no sense to me all right so that's that. i'm out our bench <laughs> those are our bench warmers warm the bench kids warm the bench let's go to the other side the people who might be taking the place of those guys on the bench you need a diamond in the rough you need a sleeper my first sleeper, I'm going to start with Cordero Patterson slash Tyler Algier. I think that in a deeper league, you can, you can play Tyler Algier. Uh, Cordero Patterson, though, is my deep sleeper. I, I mean, is my sleeper. I think that you got a rookie quarterback. They're going to run the ball a lot. Arthur Smith, second most rush, highest, second highest rushing rate in the league this year. They're going to check the ball down a lot. They're going to play slow. Cordero Patterson is going to be asked to create after the catch. This is why you have Cordero Patterson. They're coming off a bye, right? We know that Cordero Patterson is older and has shown wear as the season has got on. Now they're coming off a bye. He's had a week to rest. This is a game where Cordero Patterson might be a start. And if you're in a deeper league, I'd even start Tyler Algier because I think there might be enough opportunity if the game goes right. So those that is my diamond in the rough um, for this week. 
Uh, Michael, why don't you go second in this one? Who's your sure, sure. Who's your first my, diamond in the rough? My first sleeper here is, is a popular pick this week, but I'd be remiss not to mention him on this episode. Um, that's Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore seems to be back to playing his full allotment of snaps now. He played 82% of snaps in week 14 and saw 10 targets, ran a route on over 90% of passing plays. And now Corey Davis is expected to be out um, for this week as well with a concussion. The Jets play the Lions this week, which is a tremendous matchup for pass catchers. Um, they are second in true matchup rank for opposing QBs, third for tight ends, and fourth for wide receivers. As Matt mentioned earlier, they're actually um, a, a decent matchup against the running back now, 25th for opposing running backs in true matchup rank, but 16th rushing and 32nd passing, which actually fits into Bam Knight a little bit more, I think. But we know Moore is talented. Uh, we saw him have a tremendous rookie season. He went into the doghouse for a little bit. He just went six for 60 in his first game as an every down player again, which is wide receiver three worthy in its own right. And that was against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo in bad conditions in a game where the where the Jets didn't even have a single passing touchdown to begin with. So sign me up for Elijah Moore this week as a wide receiver three flex play in uh, what should be a more fruitful matchup here for the Jets offense in um in a, in a game where, as a homer Jets fan, I really want the Jets to win. So if Elijah Moore has a good game, I assume the Jets offense is going to have a good game. <laughs> Michael uh, showing his homerism there a little bit. Um, no, I mean, either way, I'm I joking. like Elijah Moore. But yeah, he's a good player. Personally, I'd like to see Elijah Moore and the entire Jets offense put in work this week. Michael, I'm, I don't have the game in front of me. How does How's Ken Walker doing so far? Um, he's not having a great game at the mm. moment. Mm, me and Michael had a debate over Ken Walker earlier today. Um, Matt, who is your first? Who's your sleeper? Diamond in the rough. My first diamond in the rough, and I always like to get a little deep, especially with the dynasty-minded rosters that I possess. Uh, it's Chuba Hubbard is my first diamond in the rough. Look, Deontay Foreman and Hubbard are splitting work. As disappointing as it is for somebody that was high on Foreman end the season as well, it's the fact of the matter. Last week, Foreman played 34 snaps, 21 carries, one target, 75 scrimmage yards. Hubbard saw 23 snaps just, but 74 rushing yards with just one shy of Foreman. 14 attempts, he saw three targets, which Foreman's obviously not seeing pass catching work. He caught all three for 25 yards, found the end zone, like I said, 18.9 fantasy points, RB1. Oh, um, top 12, so an RB1 and RB1. The Panthers host the Steelers, who just allowed a one-legged peg leg jk dobbins to bust on them so uh, yeah pause pause but <laughs> mad pause but facts I mean, yeah so i are fully healthy obviously chuba hubbard with a increased opportunity share against a susceptible steelers defense as good as they have looked with the resurrection and reinsurgence of tj watt into that lineup it's not really changed much from a rushing perspective as far as being able to stop um fantasy output the steelers defense concedes 21.9 points per game to the running back position that's ranked 15th so middle of the pack very exploitable a points over average rating of 7.4 percent they allow 14.2 to rushing 7.7 to receiving and again like i said foreman's not been utilized as a patch catcher which is obviously where hubbard's opportunity share has been eating into his value of touches mostly but any increase in rushing opportunities as well is detrimental to Foreman's upside and only increases Hubbard's upside as he's been 
low-key the more effective rusher on a per-touch and per-carry basis. Yeah, for sure. Uh, sorry, as I as I s- swallow some water there. Matt, your your endings are abrupt today. You're like just <laughs> yes, like I, just just I'll, like falling off a cliff. Catching me off guard. All right, let's get into our deep sleeper. Uh, my deep sleeper is I want to go I, again. I've got two here. I, I cheated a lot this episode. Um, my first deep this sleeper episode or every episode, but I I extra a lot this episode. Like I have like an extra guy in every single category. Um. <laughs> Hey, it's the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Rex Burkhead yes. is my deep sleeper. He's going to be Whoa. the main running back for the Texans. He's my deep sleeper, but here's my deep sleeper. I mean, Jeff Driscoll in Yahoo. Jokes <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Driscoll in Yahoo. I didn't know Jared Dokes was even on the team. Um, Jeff Driscoll, you might have missed this nice uh, thing about him in the summertime. He says, Jeff, there was this blurb. Jeff Driscoll trying out a tight end. Well, Yahoo really ran with that and gave him tight end eligibility, even though he's never played a snap of tight end in the NFL. But he's splitting time at quarterback, which is Taysom Hill light. Last week in the first experiment with this, he got 9.8 points. That's a great tight end performance. And you could have that. Imagine if he runs in a touchdown. They don't have Damian Pierce. They're going to have to put together this running game. They're going to do it with a quarterback, and Rex Burkhead. So get ready, Houston Texans fans, because Jeff Rich. Driscoll and Rex Burkhead and far, probably Dare Abubuwale are going to be your guys. So, uh, yeah, I think Jeff Driscoll, dude, it, it's like a cheat code. Michael, ruin my Jeff Driscoll dreams and all outbid me for him in all of my leagues. And you know what else? This, this, this fucking fucker. You know, fuck you, Michael. You're not, you're not even playing this week. You have a bye this week, and you have Jeff Driscoll. Fuck you, you fucking fucker. Yeah, I mean, I look as you guys know, I've never won the home league. I really want to win this year. I'm in first place. I have a good team, and uh, I was like, I'm not gonna lose because of Jeff Driscoll. Like, I'm picking him up and putting him on my bench just in case he like ends up becoming a, Michael has Travis Kelsey, by the way, big part of that offense. Yeah, because I have Travis Kelsey. Exactly. I'd start Jeff Driscoll in Yahoo at tight end over. Over like the streaming tight ends. Michael, tell the sure. people who you traded for Travis Kelsey in around week three, right? Yeah, Deontay Johnson, Dallas Goddard, and Jahan Dotson. Motherfucker. All right, let's get into um, Matt, your oh, last uh, yep. deep dive. <laughs> Very deep. We're going deep into the caverns, into the coal mines to pull out a shiny deep, 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 deep. home run hitting diamond. And that's Rashid Shaheed. I love this one. I nice. love this one. Yeah, well, you guys mentioned it, and I was surprised that nobody picked him up. Like, And he was widely available in so many leagues. As soon as Mark Ingram was listed as out, he should have been... I mean, roster percentage should have been increased anyway when he started seeing snaps at wide receiver. Technically, he was listed as a running back, so this is why I'm going to say both. Falcons' defense allows 22.8 points per game to the running back position, ranked 10th in true matchup. Points over average of 8.7%, but they're first in points over average to wide receivers, allowing 32.6 points per game combined to the position and 18.9 increase in expected average uh, to the wide receivers. I mean, I, I do mention both because he was on the Saints roster as a running back, officially a, a wide receiver now for sure. Um, he did play 68% of his snaps there last week, uh, but he's also lined up at running back he's also lined up at wildcat sometimes he's in the slot sometimes he's out wide so Rashid Shahid is just a 
a dynamite home run hitting weapon for the Saints um, in general. And they've started to get the ball into his hands a lot more frequently and consistently. Now it's not led too much and it's not like a, you know, a 10 touches, 12 touches per game type of thing, but it, it has been more consistent, at least when he was just a special teamer to kind of open up the season. It led the team with 75 receiving yards last week. He caught four passes on all four of his targets. That was just a 13.8% share, but still a pretty respectable share on a really low volume passing offense. He's essentially like, like what's a good, I, I don't know. What's a good baseball player reference for him? Like Joey Gallo. Like he's like either going to hit a home run or strike out in incredibly embarrassing fashion. And I think he's got the upside to hit a home run this week. No Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara struggling, Taysom Hill not really being anything. Chris Olave being Chris Olave, but when you can shadow that guy with the best corner and then put two, even sometimes like triple coverage over top of him, because if you're playing in a nickel package, like you have the extra cornerback to do so, and he's not, there's nobody else that you need to cover in doubles. Um, yeah, I'm a little worried about Chris Olave and what is perceived actually as a terrific, terrific matchup. Not even a tearbreaker down, j- just generally a little worried. Um, that said, I-, I do think Rashid Shahid has like some big upside 13, 15 points type of thing going on with if he finds the end zone for sure. But just in general, like I said, 75 yards, four receptions. There's 11.3 fantasy points right there. Man, I'm not gonna lie. I uh, I would have considered this my deep sleeper if you didn't take him already. He he's someone that Jason shout out to Jason uh, shouted out early early on uh, in the year that I should have listened to. I should have listened to the the lawyer himself. Uh, all right, you guys ready to go to the streamatorium? I got Stream my uh, my deep deep sleeper still oh, to go. I mm-hmm. errored there too. Yeah. All right, Mike. Hit us. Weebs. No one cares. Yeah, deep- no one cares, though. That's really why we just like skipped over you. No one, no one actually cares. Tim, hop on the train. The two-two Atwell train, because two-two Atwell uh, has low-key led the fire. Rams in target share each of the last two weeks. He saw nine targets, um, good for a twenty-five point seven percent target share in week fourteen. After seeing five targets, which was good for a nineteen point two percent target share. Um, the prior week, but I care a lot more about week 14 than I do week 13 because that was the first time Baker Mayfield, the Rams starting quarterback for the rest of the season, um, came to play for the Rams. He looked at Wells way in big situations, connected five times for 50 yards. Atwell did play less snaps than both Ben Skoranek and Van Jefferson. Um, two other dart throws that I don't hate either, but I think when it comes to who has the big playability of the, on this team, Tutu Atwell stands out for me Uh, Monday night could be a very interesting game against the Green Bay Packers and I wouldn't be shocked if Tutu made a couple big plays and this is a a deep league like if you're in a 12-man league I wouldn't be like hurrying to put Tutu Atwell in your lineup but if you're in like a 14-16 man league and Tutu Atwell is available I do think he has a he has some upside now we could enter the streamatorium I wish he wore the number 22 Tutu number 2222 um, that would be that would be cool. Or he and then he wore a tutu, so it's like number two 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 wore a tutu. Uh, and then he That's wore and then he was on a train, so it was tutu wore number two two in a tutu going choo choo. Boom! All right, let's go. <laughs> way too wow. Let's enter the streamatorium. Let's ride the choo choo train around that the 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 the. the the aquarium that they usually do, you know those things that that they give you the little. Anyway, uh, let's go. I think my guy's the stream of the week, so I'm gonna go with the stream of the week. Thirty-one percent owned still in Yahoo. That really surprised me. Mike White, guys, go out and get yourself some Mike White. He's been a he's been a QB one in 
two out of the three times that he's been a starter, he's put up 24.8 points. Uh, he's put up almost 18 points, not really the best the best week. Had a rough week last week, but you saw him almost get broken in half. He went off the field, on the field, off the field, on the field. And we've talked about, we've literally talked about almost every player in this Lions-Jets matchup. Uh, the Lions have allowed 25 points a game to the quarterback. That's 37.1 points over average. That is the second best matchup in all of the NFL. Uh, Mike White is available in many, many leagues. Go get him. Stream him. Michael, who's your streamer for a quarterback? Yeah, I prefer Mike White, just putting that out there. But my streamer of the week is uh, Ryan Tannehill, who three of his last five games has been um, a QB1, so he has been coming on a bit of late, 250 passing yards and two-plus touchdowns in each of those games. His two down games were against Cincinnati and Philly, who are tougher matchups, especially Philly, of course. Philly's been one of the most difficult matchups of the year. And now they get the Los Angeles Chargers, who are 12th in true matchup rank for opposing quarterback. Um, we got Ryan Tannehill. We, we know he used to be the true value king. His um, his throw isn't as viable anymore, but he still has tight end. Uh, he still has QB1 in his repertoire, as he's shown recently. If Derrick Henry is able to get the ball downfield, that helps Tannehill because that maybe he could uh, punch it into the end zone. I was hoping Traylon Burks would return. Doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. But either way, this is a, a high total game with some um, passing appeal here for the Titans offense. So I think uh, Ryan Tannehill has some streamability this week if you're not able to get Mike White on the squad. Streamability in the streamitarium. Uh, yeah. Matt. Who is your quarterback streamer? I picked this guy specifically just to make Tim angry. Um, Matt Ryan. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. No, I'm not allowing this blasphemy. All right, let's go on to the next one, the tight end streamers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what, do, what do you have to say about well, this? Man, it's, never, hashtag so, never Matt Ryan. Yeah, never Matt Ryan, unless maybe he's playing the Vikings. I don't know. It's... It's really, you're talking about streamers. You're talking about deep streamers. You're talking about you're in the playoffs. The waiver wires are obviously pretty bare. You guys took Mike White. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I said it before, but I'll, I'll reiterate it because now we're in the proper section. Over the past four weeks, the Vikings have allowed four consecutive QB1 performances, four consecutive wide receiver one performances from the top wide out, four consecutive wide receiver two performances from the top wide receiver, and three tight end one performances over the last four weeks. Matt Ryan is by no means a safe or exciting or a good quarterback, but the team he's facing has been an absolute sieve of passing production to opposing offenses. Not even just as of late overall, and obviously skewed and spiked from their recent performances, but on the season as a whole, they're ranked six in true matchup rank with a points over average of 18.7% to the quarterback position. That's 21 points per game to quarterbacks, but 17.2 points per game to passing production alone on average. That's ranked fifth in true matchup rank with a points over average of 20.8%. I don't love Matt Ryan. I I feel pretty gross about it, but every single quarterback that has faced the Vikings over the last four games has been a weak winning quarterback. As bad as the Vikings defense has been, Matt Ryan is worse. <laughs> Tim is never going to like, I, I can't. Tim yeah. is just, yeah. Just any time it's Matt Ryan, he is not going to say, look, I agree with you, Matt. I, in a league, in a 16 team league where I just lost Kyler Murray, I'm streaming um Matt Ryan and Tim thinks I should stream Andy Dalton instead. No, I think you should. No, 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 no. I think you should stream Andrew Dalton. 
I I agree with Mike absolutely, Ryan over Dalton, and I'm the Saints fan. I told him I'm not even like, like considering that option. Like I'm playing Matt Ryan. Yeah. You might go on a bet. Yeah, you have to. Andrew, yeah, Andrew versus Again. Matthew. Oh, I'll yeah. do it. I'll do it too. I'll I'll hop on that one. Andrew versus Matthew. Matthew ahead of Andrew. Uh, I just so Jameis Winston. Unfortunately, was, Jameis Winston was QB six against the Falcons earlier this season. Just they lied to me. Just putting they that lied. Out there. They said they were going to reevaluate the quarterback situation in the bye. They did not. No, they reevaluated. <laughs> they just like, wanted everybody to shut up. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I mean, if you got to feel bad for Jameis, Jameis is like. I feel terrible for Jameis. You're not supposed to lose your job over an injury, man. Yeah, that's that's how life works, though. Unfortunately, Jameis. All right, let's uh, let's get into these questions. I oh, know. I'm sorry. Let's get into these tight ends. Uh, my tight end. All right, listen. Here's the deal. I have surrendered to the power of defensive points over average when it comes to the the tight end rankings, and it's worked. I have called a good streamable tight end every single week, and this week, Jawan Johnson is my guy if he plays. If he doesn't play, I'm going with Taysom Hill. That's because the Atlanta Falcons are the eighth best matchup to tight ends. They allow 22% points over average. Why not the first seven matchups? Because the first seven matchups are with uh, tight ends that are pretty rostered. So ba- it was literally just that, like the, the the roster ship numbers. That's it. That's what it was. That's my analysis, and I'm sticking to it. Michael, you're next. What's it to you? My uh, my streamer here is Tyler Conklin, the Conk. Tyler Conklin on the of the New York Jets. Look, he gets to the Detroit Lions this week. Conk has seen 15 targets over the past two weeks with Mike White on their center. The third best matchup in terms of true matchup rank, which is huge for tight ends. Um, and Tyler Conklin has been a, a big part of the passing offense. No Corey Davis, which helps um, helps Elijah Moore. It also helps Tyler Conklin, I think. So Tyler Conklin is a, a, a good shot here to be a, a tight end one this week, I think. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I, I think that he's a better play than my than um than my tight end. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead, Matt. Matt, you're on mute. Ah, he did it. Matt, you're on mute. <laughs> I pulled yes, the cast. I, I pulled there the cast. Go. I finally yep. I my the first time in my career. All right, well, I also like that option better than mine, but I'll, I'll go with it anyway. Just give me some targets. Give me some Kate Otten targets specifically, and then he's Kate. been get, he's been getting them. So, I mean, let's hope he gets some more. It's a pretty even matchup. I mean, you know, the, the Buccaneers haven't obviously been the most effective offense either. Uh, but when I'm looking to stream tight ends, I want targets. I need targets. All I really care about are targets. Touchdown variance is impossibly unpredictable and volatile for the tight end position. But targets are sticky. I mean, like, miss me with chasing random, like... I, Jeff Driscoll or, or Kate Otten, I'm starting Kate Otten. Like, you know what I mean? Miss me with chasing the the random upside. Oh, I'm starting Jeff Driscoll in Yahoo Leagues at tight end over Kate Otten. Well, see, easily. that's, One yeah, I, I guess you have a, yeah. I'm not a much of a Yahoo guy, percent. but. All right, yeah, you, you take it. Go ahead. All right, <laughs> miss me with that. <laughs> I can I I, I kind of just want the I kind of just want the safety I kind of just want his eight targets six catches for 28 yards and I quite literally mean 28 yards he's had last two games 10 receptions on 15 targets with 56 yards because it was 28 in back-to-back contests but he also gets the Bengals who allow 14 four point 
11.4. Wow. My apologies for not being able to read. They allow 11.4 points per game to the tight end position, which certainly doesn't hurt. I mean, it's not really Mike Evans. He, for the last two seasons, this is obviously a tangent that could go on forever, but for the last two seasons, Mike Evans' target share has really been one of the more inconsistent and untalked about things. He's not an elite earner. He's obviously sustained an incredible touchdown production and and market share of the team's yards without having the market share of the team's opportunities. So there's a, a lot of passing opportunities that get allocated randomly through the Buccaneers' offense, and Kate Otten has seemingly carved out a consistent role with around four to five to sometimes ten targets a game with that. So I'm happy streaming Kate when his roster ship is well below 50%. All right. Yeah, I like Kate Alton's been good. Um, you know, the tight end landscape, man. It's a it's a heater. If it's just so ugly. I hope that if you were streaming, you have found someone to kind of stick with because the 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 guys that are under 50% owned are just like, oh my goodness. All right. Let's get into these questions. These start sick questions, the really important questions. This comes straight from uh, the yeah. Uh Gary says start two half PPR, Jamal Williams, Alvin Kamara. Aaron Jones, Deontay Foreman, Pacheco slash McKinnon. Kamara and Jones. Yep, Kamara and Jones for me too. Matt? That's fine. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can make an argument for Pacheco, I feel like, of this list. Against you, know, the, you know how I feel about Against Pacheco. the Texans. Against the Texans. Yeah. Uh, Gary says half PBR, Fryer Muth or Driscoll? Fryermuth. Fryermuth. I yeah, think a lot of I actually had somebody that DM'd me that exact question earlier today. Fryermuth, I think, is like the is like the cutoff. Like he's like the cutoff tight end between where I'm willing to start Jeff Driscoll and not. Uh yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean Fryermuth is like a fringe top five tight end weekly at this point, just because yeah. he's actually good. QB pass catcher on the Steelers offense. Trevor Lawrence versus Dallas. Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, or Mike White? Mike Lawrence White. versus Dallas still. No. Yeah, you would you would, you would start Lawrence over Mike yep. White? Even 100%. with the matchup? Yep. I'd go White. It's, it's you guys are wild, man. Trevor Lawrence is legit like a top eight quarterback in points per game. Like, what are we even doing here? <laughs> like, I mean, let's not act like Trevor Lawrence is some star. I don't know. The, guy, the kid has work to do still. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I, I 100%. I mean, agree. I'm split right now, to be honest. I haven't committed to a side either way. It's going to be either Trevor Lawrence or Mike White. I'll get back to that. Um, Maldo, the Don, an OG. Deshaun or Goff? It's a tough one. Deshaun. Deshaun, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. I'll tell you this. In Trevor Lawrence's three toughest matchups this year, Denver, Houston, and Philly, in terms of true matchup rank, He's put up six and a half, twelve and a half, and eight and a half. Hey, not bad. That's 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 my issue, with Trevor Lawrence, because Dallas is up there in terms of difficulty of matchup. Hey, very bad. Uh, Johnny says Juju. He just what is? <laughs> I don't know what he's uh, he's asking. He just named six players. He just this is his entire text. Johnny, you got to talk to us about this, bro. His entire text is. Juju, Elijah Moore, Curtis Samuel, Foreman, Rashad, Damian Harris. Who's Rashad? White. Oh. What I I don't know. Like, well, what I mean, that if means. you're are we picking one? Is it PPR? I would imagine that we're picking one in each in each row. So Juju, <laughs> Elijah Moore, or Curtis Samuel this week? Juju. Juju. I think if Elijah if if Corey Davis definitely doesn't play, you wouldn't go Elijah Moore. No, man. Yeah. All right, fine. Uh, f- fine. I-, I go Juju too. Foreman, 
Rashad, Damian Harris. Well, Damian Harris might not play, but if he plays, you're playing him over these two guys. What? No, you're. I, I mean, oh, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess. No, I'd play Rashad. Yeah, exactly. Even over, even if Damian Harris plays. Yes, bro, he's gonna be yeah. like the only option in it. Uh, he doesn't Damian catch passes. Actually, the, the Raiders, either. though, I forgot who they're against. Playing. The Raiders, yes. I forgot who they're playing. Yo, they're gonna... Yeah, you got to start Damian Harris. That's like the number one true matchup for Hank for running backs. All right. Gary says, start two, half PPR. Ayuk, Juju, Christian Watson, Traylon Burks, Hollywood Brown. Burks is out because he's hurt. A, li- well, Ayuk a is little late to start Ayuk so... as well, but I hope you benched him. I really hope you didn't go with Ayuk. He was definitely a tear breaker down for me, but then I saw obviously the <laughs> Thursday matchup, but just Tariq Woolen is enough to not want to start a wide receiver. Mm. Um, that said, I feel similarly about Marquise Brown getting shadowed by Patrick Sertain. So there you go. So it was, it was, well, who were the other options? Juju Hollywood. Yes. Uh, Juju Hollywood. Uh, hold on one second. To be honest, I, I, am, I mean, I have I'm lost Juju. It. Juju Hollywood, Christian Watson. You're definitely playing, right? Oh, Juju. Yeah, I play Juju and Watson. It's really Hollywood or Juju. Here, Juju plus Watson. Yeah, I'll go Juju too, for sure. Um, M. Evans says start one: Watson, Hollywood, Rashad, Monty. Ooh, this is a tough one. I think it's between Watson and Monty. Watson. Yeah, Watson over Monty for me too. But I like Monty's matchup this week. Yeah, it's really, really. Monty good is probably safer, but I'm not. I'm not not starting Christian Watson. I guess matchup was the wrong word. I, I like Monty's opportunity share. I don't like his matchup or him. All right, let's go into the next question. A lot of Christian Watson questions. Kai says, full PPR, Christian Watson, Brandon Ayuk, or Bam Knight. Christian Watson is the answer there. Watson. Uh, Baltimore or Kansas City defense? I would have said Bam Knight next. What? Uh, Did against Houston. So you would play Bam Knight over Christian Watson? Michael? No, I said I would have chosen Bam Knight. Over ahead of Ayuk. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Baltimore yeah, yeah. defense or Kansas City defense? And also, Den- and also Den- Denver or Green Bay defense? Uh, Denver defense against Colt McCoy, obviously. Um, Same. What was the other one? Baltimore or Kansas and, City? And KC. Uh, yeah, I guess KC against the Texans. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Driscoll. Jake from IT, half point PPR, start two. JK versus Cleveland, CPAT versus New Orleans, Hunt, Baltimore, Jeff Wilson versus Buffalo, Jamal Williams versus the Jets, Elijah Moore versus Detroit, Slayton versus Washington. Start two. So let's do Matt's thing, process of elimination. You're not starting Slayton in this matchup. You're not starting Jeff Wilson in this matchup. You're definitely not starting Kareem Hunt in this matchup. Yep. Correct. Jamal Williams is questionable. So that leaves us with JK, CPAT. That's it. JK and CPAT. Do you guys agree? And, and Elijah Moore. And Elijah Moore. Yes. Yeah. I'd probably play Elijah Moore and, and Dobbins, even though I'm not a Dobbins guy, compared to those yeah. options. Agree. You already know that I'm going to play Cordell Patterson uh, because he's my sleeper of the week. Slater. Says pick one PPR Rashad White, DJ Chark, Foreman, Lat Murray, Burks. Gotta go white here. Yeah. yeah. 
Mark Rashawn. won't play. Lat Murray, no. We already talked about DJ I think Foreman, player. Foreman has some upside, but in PPR, it's so hard to trust them because the empty yards without any pass catching. Like The guy has a pretty solid game rushing for 70 yards, and he gets you seven points. It's kind of rough the, in the in the streets for these for these non-pass catching running backs at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It's it's just like you got to get a touchdown or it's uh, or it's nothing. Uh, Brandon C says Hollywood Brown, Juju, or Deontay Johnson. Juju, Juju, Juju. Uh, Aaron Rodgers or Mike White. Mike White. I think I go Mike White as well. I like it. Um. Where is the next one here? Uh, Mike White or Ryan Tannehill? We went into over that already. We're Mike gonna go White. with Mike, White. Mike uh, White. Cousins or Deshaun Watson? Cousins. Cousins. Uh, Big Will says start two half PPR. Devin Singletary versus Miami. Cam Akers versus the Packers. Damian Harris versus the. Oh my goodness. Um. He says start two running backs, but then he... Oh, no. Okay. So, yeah. Rashad White, Damian Harris, Cam Makers, Devin Singletary. Oof. I'd probably go Rashad and Damian Harris if Damian Harris is active. Yeah. If if Damian is active, that's exactly what I'm doing as well. Otherwise, if they announce a mode, you can still pivot to Singletary, and that's what I would do. All right. Last one before we get into the stand... What happened in the first round of the playoffs in these Brodo Unlimited Leagues... Dak versus Jacksonville or Fields versus Philly? I'm going with Fields. Bro, I have the same question in one of my leagues, and it was uh, it's been eating at me as well. Just Fields is rushing potential. It's it's tough not to just play him every time. Yeah, Dak's exactly. At this point. All yep. right, uh, there it is. I hope you guys have a great. I hope that helps you out. I hope we just uh, helped you out for sure. All right, let's get into the Brodo Unlimited League. This is the league of all leagues, 32 teams. Um, No positions. And I finished in dead last place. My bar team got eliminated. Oh, no. Matt giving away the... The the ending here, but that's all right. Oh, Matt is eliminated. He's, he's feeling he's feeling the pain right now. He's feeling the pain. All right, man. So last week, the bearded bastard with an incredibly disappointing performance puts up a measly, measly forty six points after basically wow. running the league. Uh, definitely got hurt by Kyler Murray um, getting out. Uh, definitely got hurt by. Uh, Jalen Waddle not having a, much of an impact. Oof, this was that was a tough one for the bearded bastard who goes down um, after a good foot about a good foot year to Hertz Alerts, uh, the number one seed. So Hertz Alerts moves on. Um, Big Will uh, beats Johnny Bravo as well. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Johnny Bravo got the. This is a this is a confusing way they they do this, uh. But it's because sleeper is fucking dumb. Piz and Chasen also move on uh to the next round. So Eagle twenty eighty uh will play Big Will who uh, it, it says this is, I don't know what Big Will beat Johnny Bravo even though the the brackets all messed up. Uh, Big Will has thirty points already uh in this game. So getting a head start on this and then. The final four in this bracket, Eagle 20, 
Big Will, Piz243, and Chasen77. Uh, let's go into these matchups here. Um, George Kittle with 30 points for Big Will. Big Will must be... I think Big Will is currently celebrating uh, in the Discord. Man, Big Will has a good team. Marquise Brown, Stephon Diggs, George Kittle, Justin Jefferson, Garrett Wilson, Zevin, uh, Zonovan Knight, Deshaun Watson, and Sam Darnold going up against Jared Goff, Joe Burrow, Dalvin Cook, Jerry Judy, Josh Jacobs, Brian Robinson, Travis Kelsey, and Terry McLaurin for Hertz Alerts. You see why he was on the one seat. I'm giving Hertz Alerts, Hertz Alerts the edge yeah. This That's is a, a powerhouse that can't be stopped. There, this is a this is a, a big matchup, and then the other uh, matchup, uh, chilling with Mahomes, even though he was the number three, chasing by the way, seventy seven, even though he's number three seed compared to the number two seed of Piz, Tua B or Tua not to be, um, he's a, he's currently in the lead in terms of projected points, one thirty to one ten. Um, let's look at what we have here on this side. On the chasing side, Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, uh, Antonio Gibson, Rashad, Ramondre Stevenson, who he will have to probably replace. You're looking yeah. at Josh Palmer and Brandon Cooks, uh, Jamison Williams, and Darren Waller on his bench. So not the best bench uh, to go with. Uh, Alvin Kamara, who me and Michael are very split on. Dalton Schultz, David Njoku, and Alan Lazard going against Unconquo. Uh, uh, Jacoby Myers, who is probably not going to play in this game as well, so you have to change that. Dawson Knox, Tony Pollard, Christian Kirk, Mike Williams, Tua, Daniel Jones. On the bench, you got uh, oh, this team had Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel out right now. On the bench, you got Hunter Henry, James Cook, and Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, so both benches kind of weak. This is going to be a, a close one, man. I'm, I'm going with I'm going slight edge to Chasen. I'm giving a slight edge to. The second team. I forget which team was which. What about you, Matt? What do you think? Yeah, well, who was the second team, Tim? Tim? Oh, Jesus, Mike. Um, it was uh, Piz two four three. All right, then give us yeah, Piz. So two to one. I'm on Tim's side for this one. All right, let's get into the slightly bowling division, the division whose name is a lie. Yeah, unlimited slightly bowling division. Make some noise! Woo! Go 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 go. On this side of the field here, the one versus eight matchup, Team Thanks Zeke versus Team Alexander the Great. The one seed pulled it off, 114 to 95. Alexander the Great had a nice comeback and made the playoffs. He started 0 3, I think. So <clears throat> shout out to Alex there. The number two seed was, um, who's the number two seed here with this? Oh my God. This sleeper app is the worst thing of all time. Like, why is it so hard to find two seed? Eagle 2080 faced off against Team G Martini. This one was a nail biter. Eagle 2080 pulled it off 114 to 108, knocking out Gianluca. The three seed was Team KV from BK against Matt, Team Psych Ward FF, and he got dominated. KV yeah. put up Defense 154. Didn't hold up. <laughs> no, 154 points against Matt. That was actually the top score of the week against Matt's 72. So. Matt was kicked out. And then the final playoff matchup was Team JRXD against Team Dripsy, the four versus the five seed. And Team JRXD pulled it off 125 to 98. So those are the teams who are uh, <clears throat> remaining here. Remember, the next, the winner of this matchup gets to the two week championship. Four total teams combined in the unlimited leagues together 
the high scoring of the four team wins it all. So it's going to be fun here. Team Thanks Zeke this week gets Team JRXD and Team um, Eagle 2080 gets Team KV from BK. So the the first one, JRXD versus Team Thanks Zeke. I'm going to go with Team JRXD first. He has Christian McCaffrey starting off hot, Mike Evans, Josh Jacobs, Ben Skaronic, Kenneth Walker, Dallas Goddard, Brock Purdy, and Tua Tagovailoa. Pretty solid team. And then Team Thanks Zeke, the number one team in the league. Derek Henry, A.J. Dillon, DeAndre Hopkins, David Montgomery, Michael Pittman, Richie James, Jalen Hurts, and Mac Jones. That's uh, those those are two very similarly built teams. To be they honest. are they're within a uh, half point projection of each other, and wow. I understand why. Yeah, yeah. That's I think incredible. I give the slight edge to thanks Zeke, but man, this is a tough one. It's hard to give an edge to anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm What's going with it? I'm going with Tua. So you so now on the tiebreaker. Yeah, I'm going with Tua. I'm gonna go with Tua just because fuck you, Michael. You know. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. The the next one in a uh, team Eagle twenty eighty versus KV from BK. Eagle twenty eighty has Adam Thielen, Terry McLaurin, Travis Kelsey, Ramondre Stevenson, Saquon Barkley, Isaiah Pacheco, Patrick Mahomes, and Sam Darnold. And then team KV from BK has Brandon Ayuk, Evan Ingram, Devontae Adams, Travis Homer, Jerry Judy, Tony Pollard, Josh Allen, and Derek Carr. Not ideal having Homer and Ayuk already. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Eagle 2080 here on this one with Ayuk and Homer combining for seven and a half points so far. Certainly not the start he would have yeah. wanted, I think. Because of that, again, I'll give I'll give him the edge. All right, that's uh, the unlimited slightly balding league. So good luck to the, the semifinalists here vying to make it to the two-week championship round to crown the first ever unlimited league championship at the end of the year. Yes, very exciting stuff. Very, very exciting stuff. Um, Yeah, man, that's it. Good job, guys. We did it. Playoffs are here. It's almost hard to believe. Uh, Matt, where can they find you? You can find me at PsychWordFF. Michael? At BrotoFFMike. You can find me at BrotoFF Tim. You can find Jason at BrotoFF Jason. Casanova at BrotoFF Casanova. At Broto Fantasy at FF by Broto. You can find us BrotoFantasy.com and the, and the Fantasy Football by Broto at Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy also is the place to support us. So I have a question for you guys. Christmas. It's the holiday season. What is the official meat of Christmas? Honey ham. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's ham. Yeah, I've like heard I, is that actually a debate? I've heard people say turkey. You know, my father-in-law yeah, makes it. Do you like smoked food? Yes. Michael? Oh, I, I thought you were gonna have a I thought you ended it. You always I always ask a question and then you end 